With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The best late night conservative talk show in America. Back is radio. And listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Sackhead Sean and Sackhead Clant. Uh, and uh, we're working on immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here, too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best in late night conservative talk, Sackhead's Radio. Putin's going to make him disappear. I want to know how that's going to work itself out. 
I'm pretty sure it'll work itself out, no problem. <laughs> and what the Russian figure skater, the male, who is the reason that the uh, the Russians got the gold medal in the team skate, right? He he injured himself, and so he was unable to compete in the individuals. And like the Russians just went nuts. Like even Russian government officials were calling him all kind of different names, and and just poor guy. Well, well why the would media. they do that? Why would he quit? No, why would they be mean to him like that? Because they're communists. What do you mean? <laughs> Good it, point. Thanks. That's that's a, that's a no-brainer. Uh, speaking of communists. Yes. Oh no! Wait, we already talked about Russia. All right, I got nothing. You got nothing? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to bring up something about Obama. Um. Hey, bottom of the hour. This is awesome. Tammy J's joining us to talk about. Uh, she released the third part of her uh, series, the forty-seven. Bodies left in the wake of Hillary Clinton on the Black Fair. So she'll be joining us in about uh, 25 minutes. That'll be pretty cool. Because we love Tammy. We do love Tammy. I thought you were gonna you're, you were going to talk about um, speaking of communists. I thought you were going to speak about the Providence College. Uh, their Black Studies program has a new award. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about this. It's the Trayvon Martin Award for Social Justice. The look. If I wish we had a live webcam right now, because the look on your face. I like throwing little things like this out at you, right off the bat when you're not expecting it, because the look on your face was oh, priceless. Uh, look, this is this is an award that goes to people who have shown leadership to quote challenging and eliminating racism, really, and empowering others to seek social justice. That's a quote. That was an, an email from the college obtained by the Daily Caller, and um, it just sounds like such a wonderful award. You know what's great is we have colleges naming awards after individuals um, who were shot and killed in self-defense. There was a whole trial. Our legal system uh, was in play. Yeah, but we all know that George it Zimmerman was found innocent, and we know Trayvon Martin was far from just an innocent uh, little victim. Right. Um, like he's been painted in, in some circles. And now they have an award in his honor. You know, the only thing I can really think that this place just went crazy is if Hollywood uh, were going to be making a movie about Cesar Chavez. Well, I think that it's, uh, yeah, it's going crazy. I got bad news for you. What? I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, but it doesn't have any, like, big-name actors. It's not going to be in, like, a Oh, it's not mainstream? Theater. Yeah, it's not mainstream, is it? <laughs> I believe it is. Yeah, but they wouldn't portray him as like, because he was a communist. Right. And we don't celebrate communists. Well, in, in California, we do. We uh, Well, not we, but the state does. It has uh, Cesar Chavez Day. There's actually a bunch of streets named after him. Uh, he's apparently a big deal out here. I honestly, when I first moved out here, true story, I honestly, somebody said that to me real quick. Hey, uh, do you have to work Cesar Chavez Day? I had I'd never heard of him before I moved out to California. I, right. I honestly thought they said Caesar salad day. And I was like, you guys have a whole day for Caesar salads? That's insanity. And they're like, oh, it's Caesar Chavez. And I was like, yeah, that means I don't know. I, we we have Patriots Day in Massachusetts, where I'm from. But why would you have that? That's a hateful, hateful day. You can't and say, it's not even the New England Patriots if, Day. If you have Patriots Day, in, in, does that mean the entire city of Boston the entire state of Massachusetts is on a watch list. Yeah, for the day. For the, just for the day. 
We also, uh, we don't, but Suffolk County in Boston, they have evacuation day, which is the day that the British invaded Boston and everyone evacuated out. You actually get a day off of that. Well, why wouldn't you? So, I mean, you have our holidays too. It's a little bit different, I guess. That makes sense. Well, I'm glad something does. Isn't that just bizarre, though, that we have a, a Cesar Chavez day in California? Like, don't understand. Like you said, he was a communist. He was a little bit of a rabble rouser, if I don't, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, I, I understand that he was a figurehead for the. Um, you okay over there? What? <laughs> I understand he was a, you know, a figurehead for the farmer movement, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot he, of other he people. He brought awareness to his cause. Look, he he really did care about um, the worker and the migrant farm worker and so forth, and brought awareness some of their conditions, which right. I, I'm not saying he did not accomplish some good things. Right. However, he was a communist. He was a communist. That's kind of a big one. And another big one is um, a, a, some of the people he was fighting for were here violation of United States law. Yeah, but, you know, it's right in their name, migrant workers. <laughs> right. <laughs> I forgot about that. So that's good. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad we're covering all the important stuff in Hollywood. I'm glad that Cesar Chavez gets a movie. How about a movie about Benghazi? Now, you know what? Hang on. I really like the fact that you said migrant. It's in their name. So why wouldn't they be here? Because it reminds me of the story. So I ran into, I I was out and I see this this police officer and he's dressed in camouflage. And uh, and I said, hi, how are you? How are you doing? I like your, your... your outfit. They don't like it when you call it an outfit, apparently. It's I like uniform. your knickers. Yeah I, yeah, I like your knickers. Those are sweet. Um, those are BDUs. Or I don't even know what the hell he said. Jim, is he? Dumb and dumber? Yeah. Killer boots, man. Yeah, I like your outfit. He goes, it's a uniform. You're like, get um, up. Yeah, never never seen a cop in camouflage. And he says, yeah, I'm SWAT. Oh, special weapons and tactics special within the name. You're like, yeah, I saw the movie and the TV show in the 70s. <laughs> hut, 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 hut. Those uniforms are better. Hut, 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 hut. <laughs> There's a glazed old fashioned right there for you. Really? Yeah, no, I bought it for you. I brought it in. If you, I didn't oh, know if you saw it. Thank right you very much. That. I enjoy a good old fashioned donut. <laughs> where that? I actually found out where that stereotype came from Cops and Donuts. Where? So apparently, um, way back in the you know long, long, long time ago in the '80s, um, the only place open at night for cops that sit and like do paperwork or whatever was donut shops. Uh huh. So they they would go to donut shops because they were the only place open and drink coffee and write their reports or do whatever paperwork they're going to do or just relax. That's where that comes from. Yeah, I don't know. I don't believe that. I know where Patty Wagon comes from because I'm from the Northeast. I don't and because you're a Patty. Because <laughs> I'm a Patty. So uh, I don't have. You all right, Taco? Taco, you're making noises in our head again. Um, I don't have all the underwear details, on right now. And I, I, have, I do want to look into it for the show, but uh, Flycatch brought up a good point in the chat room that the FCC um, proposed new ruling for them to broadcast uh, new broadcast in real time or a new broadcast in real time. I have briefly looked into that. I didn't get it ready for tonight's show. I don't want to give out bad information. 
Um, and I don't want to have uh, – that's one of those things I really want to read through the entire uh, proposal by them before I start commenting on it. Is that so. the Federal Communist Commission? I that was one of them. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. Of... It's something he would create, right, the Federal Communist Commission. <laughs> How can we best celebrate communism because they're our friends and our allies? <laughs> Social justice, it's power of the people, it's, right? It's a social justice show. Hey, speaking of not social justice, but um, old communist countries, have you followed any of what's going on in the Ukraine? Um, no, other than the fact that it's on fire right now. Literally. Yeah. Quite you, literally. It's, it's If you pull on up, the, fire. There's, a, there's a feed coming out of a new site called Espresso or Penko. Or, I think it's state agency. Look, it's not bur- it's not burning right now. Obama just said it. There's a truce. Oh yeah, there's a truce. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking at the live feed right now. No, it can't be on fire anymore. <laughs> Obama said there's a truce. <laughs> it is certainly on fire as we speak. Um, I'm watching a feed out of Kiev, and I'll tell you, yeah, you that, it, it can't yeah. be. Obama said, "quote it, He hopes the truce provides space for the sides to resolve their disagreements peacefully." The fire's out, brother. <laughs> you must be watching old video. It must be time delayed. No, it says live. Um, yeah, but, live, like, but back on the, the East Coast. The long and short is, and the president of the Ukraine announced today, I don't know if he's the president, the czar, the whatever. Um, just call him today Supreme, they're, Supreme they're, Ruler. They're true socks, or they have a truce going um, with the opposition. The opposition's upset because they they wanted to join the European Union for trade. Uh, the opposition being the people versus the government, and they get called the opposition, which I think is kind of funny. Um but they wanted to join the European Union and expand trade, boost their economy, have better opportunity. And the, the Ukrainian president at the last minute pulled out, and from what I understand, it's to be in favor of trading with Russia instead. And, you know, because that's a brilliant idea. That's never gone wrong before. Um, and the people, when I say revolted, um, I think that's probably the most accurate word I can use. The entire downtown area of Kiev, which is the head of uh, the had the uh, capital of the Ukraine, they have walls. The opposition of the citizens have a wall of fire going in order to keep uh, uh, the, the government um, troops from cracking down on them. Because when they cracked down the other day, a lot of people got hurt. Um, and apparently the, the government was pretty ruthless, which is weird. You'd never think that a government of total control would do something like that. But they beat them uh, pretty nonstop. So... It, it's just amazing, and you know, I tweeted something out yesterday when I, I really got caught up on this. I watched it a little bit, but I said, I wonder if anyone in our government is watching Kiev right now and getting nervous, or even like looking at them like, ooh, I don't want them to get ideas. So if we could not play this in our country right now, that would be great because I wouldn't want people to get upset and then think that they have the right to speak out against the government that they don't agree with. Well, no, because he has a group of civilians that are just as well trained, just as well armed, just as well equipped as the United States military to deal with that. Um, and a stockpile of ammunition. <laughs> he said it, not me. Hey, um, you know what's funny? We mentioned the whole nine yards earlier, I think, and I did not we know did? this. Do you know where that... I thought one of us said it, but do you know where that... That was pre-production. Either. Oh, either way. Do you know where that term comes from? No. Our good friend Flycatch in the uh, chat room said, the whole nine yards, a belt of um, Browning machine gun ammunition was nine yards in length. So when people say the whole nine yards, 
I mean, they use the entire belt of ammunition. That so, is. So if I say Sean, if you look at me again, I'm going to go the whole nine yards. <laughs> exactly. That would make perfect sense. I would ask if I could borrow it first. Because <laughs> the BAR was pretty awesome. But so listen, I have I have 18 yards, and I'm going to give you nine of those yards. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. So I just thought that was interesting. It's something to Excuse watch. Me, hang on. Hi, Mary. Oh, Clint's saying hi to everyone in the chat room. He thinks they No, can't. I just said hi to Mary because she gives me the little smiley face and the googly eyes. And she actually says hi to you. She says hi to me specifically. Wow. Which I appreciate. I think that's wonderful. <laughs> you don't have to roll your eyes. I actually love our listeners. I absolutely love our listeners. And then talk down to them. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait. Wait, hey, you know, I saw an what? interesting story today, and I'm going to try to pull it up real quick. Um, we were all over the place. I thought we were talking about Russia burning uh, it was, or the Ukraine burning. It was the Ukraine, but there really wasn't much more to say about that. Well, Putin's policies were kind of center stage for this whole thing. Well, they were. That's a little important. Yeah, but if anyone at this point, if any of our listeners need to be need explaining on how screwed up dealing with Putin is, I, I don't know if we could cover it all in one show tonight. Like, I don't know if we could actually we have get them caught up. on it, right? Okay, fine. Go ahead. Okay, so perfect photo op for Putin. You ready? <laughs> okay. Putin stands, now just hear me out on this. Putin stands in front of the wall of fire separating the troops, right? He's bare-chested. Bare As he should be. But in fireman turnouts. <laughs> just the pants. <laughs> Suspenders over his shoulder, hands on his hips. You ready for this? He's drinking a Coca-Cola. Now, hear me out on this. I'm hearing you. The fire, an airplane comes overhead, douses water, puts out the flames. Putin is drenched. He drops his Coke. It spills. The plane's flying off, trailing a Pepsi banner and an American flag. Wow. (laughs) Well, and you know, let's look at this because everyone – Keeps try, especially our government keeps trying to hail Russia um, as these wonderful, you know, like, oh, we we got to be nice to them. We got to trade with them. We got to get along with them because it's, again, that whole mentality of we have to get along with everyone. Look at Syria. Um, it, it, we have hang, a, hang on. I'm, I'm consulting the map that's currently up in the situation right behind me. We know where Syria is. We talked about it the other day. Um, but, you know, Syria, uh, Russia brokered that whole chemical weapons deal in Syria, right? Right. Just, just like they're, you know, helping with Iran and North Korea and all this other stuff. They're but, big helpers. And, and as of late, it looks more and more like Syria is not relinquishing their uh, chemical weapons in the manner that they said they were. Yep, nobody saw that coming. Um, exactly. And Russia isn't really putting any sort of pressure on them. I know they're nope. hosting a party right now. Nobody saw that coming Maybe either. when the party's over, they'll, they'll, they'll deal with the anger. Of no, course. The belligerent children. But is it a shock at this point? I mean, I know it's not to me, and maybe I'm crazy. Is it a shock to anyone when Russia says they're going to do something and they don't do it? Well, it's not a shock to you because you are, in fact, crazy because you're a right-wing extremist now. (laughs) But why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep going down this road? Because Obama believes that he believes in a global, global governance. He does. He believes in in um, a a world government and a world global cooperation as opposed to American exceptionalism. So 
he he gives a lot of power and and yields a lot of the United States power and influence so that other countries can exert influence and so forth. And we come together as a, a global unit to solve problems as opposed to, in his opinion, imperialistic United States. I love how we're oppressive. Im- to imposing, this day. Imp- imposing their will. No, but you asked a question, I'm answering it. But that's, that is, that is, I believe, this president's view of, of the world situation and his policies and his actions really support that analysis. Mm-hmm. So, look, as a direct result of this administration's policies, our country has lost a lot of influence. A ton of influence. And we've not only lost a lot of influence, and respect. but we have, we have given, and friends, we have given a lot of that influence and subsequent power over to really our, our, our enemies. Russia being being one, Iran uh, being another. A lot of this power and influence is being ceded to to those countries. And look, we have China, and we'll talk more about this in a little bit because I don't think we have time to get to it right now. China is preparing for a very short action war with Japan. Look, do you think if Reagan were around, or any of this even, would happen? Even George W. Bush, do you think China would would dare do anything like this, or or that um, Iran or, or some of these other groups would, would would have these policies in place or really be spitting in the eye of the United States? I mean, who's Japan's biggest ally? Us. Yeah, it's us. Which is still weird to me, considering we dropped two bombs on them. Well, Not they, that long ago, really, in the great scheme of things. But, but it, no, really, it's like, it's like two guys us. in a bar fight, right? You land a couple of good haymakers and <laughs> help the guy up off the floor, dust him off, buy him a beer, and you're drinking, buddy. Same kind of thing. <laughs> Except we drop atom bombs on them. Yeah, it's like a haymaker. It's, it's like the ultimate haymaker, if you will. Right. And they appreciate uh, the Japanese culture has typically always appreciated the warrior spirit. So, hey, you kicked our butts. Well, okay, we, we like you. We're going to look at it however we possibly can. But, yeah, no. If this had happened when Reagan was in office, either one of the Bushes, um, maybe Clinton, a little bit. And only because not to was, this extent. I mean, look, Clinton, not to this extent. Clinton let no, no, no. I'm saying this would not be happening if I, he was I, right. I don't believe this would happen under Clinton. I don't either. think so. I, I really think... don't. Clinton had a chance to get um, Osama bin Laden, and he he failed to act timely. Right. Um. On on that, and I know there were some other issues, um, in in some books that came out about his foreign policy or whatnot. But Clinton Clinton was not. This week, and, and after he had some issues during the first couple of years of his presidency, and I know Dick Morris went in to work with his administration, he really moved to the center, and, and he got things accomplished. He really did, and he worked uh, the other party. But I, I don't have – I disagree with Clinton on, on certain things, obviously. But he's, he's ultra-conservative compared to this president. Yeah. No, it's I, – I, listen, I mean – we could sit here and beat the dead horse repeatedly, but this specific president is beyond um, anything we've seen before, and it's getting worse. And, and for China to start practicing for a war against an a close ally, a short strike, quick war, um, is, is a horrific sign for how the country start, how the world is viewing us, 
mean, look at Iran has no respect for us. Syria has no respect for us. North Korea has no. They're not even afraid of us anymore. They used to at least be afraid of us, which, you know, you can right, wrong, or indifferent. It kind of kept them in line. And if we said, hey, leave them alone, it happened. It, it, but it never got to the point that we had to. This guy, his foreign policy. They were scared to us after when Reagan came along. Oh, yeah. They were not afraid of us during the Carter. No, 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 not during Carter, but uh, Kennedy told Carter they kind of were because Kennedy didn't take any crap. And before that, obviously, everyone knew. Um, but, you know, I just thought it – I just think it's absolutely amazing that these countries are starting to kind of posture a little bit more, push a little bit more. It, it, it's funny because it's not like our military is all of a sudden – awful and terrible and unable to do anything right. It's still the United States military. It's still the strongest military in the world. Best trained troops, the absolute best troops on the face of the planet. Guys that fight and gals that fight because they want to, not because they have to. They're filled with heart and spirit. And these countries are now starting to just poke and prod and see what they can get away with. And it just continues on and on, and it's sad. It really is sad. You know what? You know what I find sad. Obama has more of an iron fist policies here at home, absolutely, towards the other branches of government, yeah, and towards his the citizens of this country than he does towards foreign governments or to foreign citizens who are um, here in violation of our laws. That's what I find scary. I find that scarier than even our our influence in other parts of. But it's a totality thing, and that's the issue. You know, if North Korea was the only ones being belligerent in any way, shape, or form and making these threats that are off the wall, whatever, all right, it's North Korea. They've been doing it for years, and we know how they operate. We know that they're just a bunch of um, blowhards over there. But when you have other countries start doing it, then it becomes an issue. And it shows overall, and that's what I mean. It's the total. It's not these little individual things. It's like this president as a whole, even on domestic policy. You don't look at the individual per se; they become part of the equation. But it's the totality. It's not that one executive action, of course. But it's all of them together. Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the things that people it, miss. It paints a picture. It does, right? Paint because a you get you get you get one thing, and then oh, it's dismissed as. Whatever. You get, oh, it's dismissed as, well, the Republicans aren't doing it. Well, the House isn't doing it. Well, they, they, we, needed, we don't really want to go to war with Iran, so we need to, to cede some things to them. Well, yeah, Russia can, can you know, do the thing with, with Syria. And, well, you know, um, Homeland Security, yeah, we don't, it doesn't, they're not really harboring armored vehicles and lots of ammunition. And uh, what, Viper teams? No, why, why wouldn't? TSA be on trains and have armed law enforcement response there. And it's just, it's one thing after another. Oh, the president doesn't need Congress. And now you have some Democrats uh, in the House saying, yeah, we we encourage you to go around Congress. Yeah, and then you have Holder. at a loss. Then you have Holder, uh, and there's a great piece on Breitbart uh, in a video from the whole 11 minute video between Mike Lee and Holder. Um, Holder can't even explain some of the executive actions, why they're legal and how. He, he, he because said a lot. it's not. I know. Because it's like, not. You would think that's a, like a pre-practiced response, at least a line of BS. But how can And he it, stuttered it is, and stammered through, which is just it is stunning so, to me. It is so blatantly illegal 
Well, yeah. And and the fact that they don't care. No. They don't care. And, and that is why, look, I understand that impeachment is is really um, saved for some extreme circumstances. It's time to get to that point. Though, Typically. But look, you, you had Clinton who was impeached over lying about a blowjob. You had, I, I mean, you had Nixon who wasn't impeached, but he was resigned over a burglary. And you have a, a, a president now who's really seizing power in a way, um, kind of gathering a lot of power into one branch, the executive, and sidestepping, going around over through Congress, trampling the Constitution and failing to uphold the laws to faithfully execute the laws of this country. I, I think that you have some serious issues there. I mean, I mean, those those to me are serious charges. If you have if you have an executive that's garnering so much power and it's in clear direct violation of, of our Constitution. Um, it's a clear overreach, and, and it really is tyranny. And you, you start looking at, at – now, some people roll their eyes when you throw that term out, but look at what it means. You have one person who's garnering this much power. We fought a war over this, and the encroachments that we're seeing in some cases are – worse than some of the ones that were seen during the, the, the time of, of the American um, Revolution, the American quest for independence. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I So so how I wish this, I could ha- rebut or add something that you I, missed, I don't think but you I can. can't. I'm just, I, I, I think we're, look, I think we are at a point where you have impeachable offenses against this president. I think he is in clear violation. I think there is a danger of of um, of us really kind of going down the road of a dictatorship. And again, some people roll their eyes, but look at how other people throughout history have seized power away from a, a duly elected Absolutely. body of government. And I mean, you can point to ancient Rome. You can point to look. You can point to the, the Third Reich. And, and again, I'm not saying that that anybody's going to uh, that Obama's going to you know round people up and put them in gas chambers or anything like that. But I'm talking about just how power was seized and put into a central form of government or a central person, really. In our case, it would be an executive, and how uh, the, the written word of law was really overcome and rewritten, reworked. I mean, you, you, it's it's happened before. Do we are we really so naive to think that it can't happen here? And there are some that are that naive. They are, but, unfortunately, but, and a lot of people are. But I sub, it'll never happen here. But I submit that you look at how much power has been garnered, and 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 how it's been garnered, and how that power has been wielded. And while it hasn't happened yet, we're in danger. I mean, we really are. Not to sound melodramatic, but we're in danger. How much of our freedom and our individual liberties are we willing to give up for the sake of the illusion of security how secure are you really if a president can issue an executive order overriding a particular constitutional requirement or overriding well, a law that congress that's passed. the thing just to be able to, and or just not do anything at all just say hey i don't want this done at all um hey we're up against a break because Sako's throwing stuff at us, and we went a couple minutes over. Sako, I seriously? apologize. 
You know, Mary brought it's up a good like we point. Talking about something um, important. A good point before we go to break is Mary just said, you know, on top of tyranny, break. Thanks, Sako. We also have a do nothing Congress to go with it. So, and it's true that combination has been just absolutely brutal for this country. Three four seven two zero five nine three nine nine is that phone number. We're going to take a break. Tammy J should be calling in any time now here on the Sackets Radio Show. We are absolutely excited about that. We'll be back in three. Hey, if you care about what's going on in the world, you cannot afford to miss my show. Hi, this is Andrea Kay, your host of The Andrea Kay Show. It's not always about the money. Okay, it is always about the money, but it's also about politics, pop culture, and you. The only thing street about this show is the smarts. There's a reason they call me Dynamite in a Dress, and you'll find out why when you listen Tuesday mornings at 10 on Financial News and Talk. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion, or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature, and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hey folks, it's Sean from Sackheads Radio. As a native Bostonian, my heart broke on April 15, 2013, watching those horrendous attacks at the Boston Marathon. Now there's a way that you can help. Go to onefundboston.org, O-N-E-F-U-N-D-B-O-S-T-O-N.org, where you can donate to help the victims and families from this awful attack. Onefundboston.org, all the proceeds will go directly to the victim's family. Thank you very much from Sackheads Radio. Now back to Clint and Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. Hey, we're back here on the Sackheads Radio Show, 347-205-9399. We are waiting for our good friend Tammy J to call in. Um, you know, Sacco, if you could fix your message, that would be great. I'm just saying, you know, you kind of created this problem, you know? <laughs> Do we have a problem? Well, yeah. It's... Is this thing on? Did, back. did you move my mic? Get my microphone again. <laughs> oh, 
Hey, Sako. Is that an alien spaceship? Sako, can you look at me, please? And hopefully this works. Hey, it's Tammy. How are you? We are here. Unfortunately, you're not there for some reason. Sako's working on the uh, finalized uh, sound engineering on this, but you're not carrying over. So can we call you back in a minute? Okay, thank you. Is this because we moved? It is because we're moved. It's all jacked up, but we'll get to the bottom of it. I you mean have... Sako'd up. I don't even know. We fired Jack, if you remember, because Sako's resume was so much better. <laughs> you, you know, one of the most <laughs> what a terrible idea to fire Jack. Thank you, Sako. You know, it's great when, when your guest for the night, the person that you pushed, um, uh, we, he can't even make that work. So, <laughs> hey, there was another article while we were trying to figure this out that popped up to me today, and I just kind of want to talk about it. Um, real brief, is that the two Americans that were um, the former Navy SEALs were found dead on the Maersk, Alabama. Yes, the ship from uh, Captain Phillips, yeah. uh, the Somali Pirates ordeal. Yeah, and, you know, not much information's coming out. They weren't on duty. They weren't under attack. Um, but it, it's just really bizarre. The two former Navy SEALs, and I hope, you know, I hope it wasn't something, you know, and the uh, circumstances weren't very clear. Right. That's the thing that nobody's giving any information at all. It wasn't like, hey, you know, unfortunately it was a, uh, a carbon monoxide poisoning or something like that. Where you're like, oh, it's obviously a tremendous tragedy, but okay, it's understandable. This can happen anywhere. This was just complete, um, hey, yeah, two Navy SEALs passed and um, – uh, we're not telling you why. Yeah, not, hey, they were found with gunshot wounds, not, hey, they were um, ambushed. I mean, nothing. There's, there's That boat is bad news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you? Okay, so I'm just spitballing here. Okay. When was the last time anybody has seen the Flying Dutchman? Look, I'm not saying that, that this ship is the Flying Dutchman. I'm I, just I, saying that the Flying Dutchman and this ship have never been seen together. Yeah, I... I no, you're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're 100% right. Those two have never been seen in the same place. Okay. It's just a tragedy. Um, you know, and especially they're there. I think they're with a company called Trident, and they're essentially, I think that's a government-run company or a government. A contra- it's a contract cover uh, company. Um, yeah, government contracting company, and they're providing security to these ships. So, you know, it, it's, it, it really is sad. And I hope they give us a little bit more information about that because it's going to be interesting to see what exactly happened. <sighs> so, look, um, we talked briefly about China um, and and uh, the fact that they're uh, they've been practicing for a war uh, with Japan. There's a a U.S. Navy intelligence um, analyst that uh, told some some colleagues that the China's People's Liberation Army, the PLA, that they've been conducting these training exercises um, incorporating a a scenario in which China's uh, military takes over the Senkaku Islands, uh, which are are located near Taiwan. And uh, there's a a Captain James, uh, I believe it's Fanel, it's it's, uh, pronounced, Deputy Chief of Staff Intelligence and uh, information operations for the U.S. Pacific Fleet. 
said um, that, quote, we witnessed massive amphibious and cross-military region enterprise. Uh, again, quote, we concluded that the PLA has been given the new task to be able to conduct a short, sharp war to destroy Japanese forces in the East China Sea, followed with what can be expected seizure of the Senkaku or even a southern uh, uh, Ryukyu Island, at least some of their academics say. So, again, I, I, I saw this, this article, um, and uh, foxnews.com has had a really good version of the article, and they had uh, some of these quotes from, from uh, Captain uh, Fanel. And it's, it's, it's really scary. I know we touched on it earlier, but if you have China that's really practicing and undertaking a, a quote, short, sharp war with Japan, First of all, how do we stop that? Because look, we, we have to be committed, right? If Japan if, if Japan's attacked and Japan goes to war, and they lose these islands, the U.S. would have to get involved. Correct. Well, yeah, because that's I mean they 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 are they are a very close ally of ours. Right. There's a reason why we're stationed in Okinawa. We have in few years. There's a reason why we have such close trade. So they are a close ally. Look and and. How far is China willing to go? Um, what are their? We we know they have uh, severe energy needs. Yeah. If they take those islands and and they're they are occupying portions of Japan, why did the Japanese attack Pearl Harbor? Why did the Japanese draw the United States into the war? So they, we, they, 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 so, so we would rebuild them, right? Right, because they knew we were going to completely kick their ass. Look, they, J- Japan needed energy, right? Japan needed energy, and, and the United States was embargoing them, and and and, and they had, needed to had, end that. They had policies um, in place that were really making it difficult for uh, Japan to get the resources they need. So they had no, they felt they had no choice other than to attack the United States. Now, if if portions of Japan are occupied by China. Does China have the ability to reach the Hawaiian Islands and and deal a blow, a critical blow to look almost like a Pearl Harbor too, right? Well, because it, where 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 would Japan's support be coming from? It'd be coming from Pearl. That's where a large portion of the Pacific. So Pearl, and you have uh, some at, at I believe you have a carrier group in San Diego, right? So if if China is able to take those islands. Um, in Japan, are they able, and I don't know their capability, are they able to reach out and touch the Hawaiian Islands to disable the U.S. fleet there to, to prohibit a U.S. response? I mean, well, we're, we're drawn in, at, right? Let's look at this, first of all. Let's say they do this quick strike on Japan, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that shows uh, um, that they're, will, they're, they're really starting to press the waters and they're really starting to press out. What's next? Are the Philippines next? Because they're right there. I don't know if they're going to try to jump the water that quick, but will they get a couple of key places where there are allies? You know, they're going after our allies to test our response, and then if they get a foothold in both countries... I don't think they're testing our response. I think uh, these are the islands that have kind of been in dispute for a long time. Right. But the fact that they're they're recognized as part of Japan... Oh, no, I, I understand, but I'm just saying... You know, you have to look at their game, uh, you know, and which where they're going to go and what they're trying to try to do. 
Or what you know, what if they say, Oh yeah, by the way, we have the northern part of Japan back in, you know, whatever, nineteen whatever or eighteen whatever. Uh huh. And then so they're like, Well, we have to try that too and then um let's get on to somebody brought up in the chat room, Taiwan. You know, what if they really start getting that ball rolling? If they start doing kind of what Russia did and all of a sudden they start taking all these islands that used to be uh, involved in China or part of China natural to try to reclaim them mm-hmm. and, and expand further and further and further. And then you start talking about their oil needs. I mean, let's say they're the biggest consumer of uh, um, gasoline next to us. If not, I think they may have surpassed us in the world. Well, China China has spent over one and a half million dollars to improve certain facilities in the South China Sea. Um, they've they've developed ports. They've had surveillance systems put into place, water purification systems. I think it put in some airfields. Why are they building that up? And look, the, the U.S. has been been trying to strengthen um, our 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 ties with China. Right. Right. Including military ties with China. Yes. So does China think we're so weak that we're not going to provide any kind of counterattack? Or do they believe we're more allies? They own X amount of our debt, so we're really not going to do anything. I, I, I don't know. Or, hey, you know what? That's if, the thing. If, if they you do, do something, we, we have the ability to reach out and, and touch your Pacific fleet as well. I, I don't know. But it, it's it's scary to me. And look, I understand that China is is really kind of an up and coming global power, right? Right. They're 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 like the uh they're they're like well they're they're, they're, they're the rookie. They're, right? not they're not really feeling... even but not anymore. They're actually a global power now. We've allowed them to become a global power. Over right, the but last they're 10 they're years. new. They're like they're like new money. Yeah, but right? they they've always been big and they're, had power. Now they're just global. No. They definitely they've had local right but they have not had global power. Right. So now they're like new money. They're like they're like the, the the kind of the rookie, right? Kind of feeling his oats a little bit. And so is this is this I don't know is this just kind of a hey look what we are capable of, so don't mess with us. This um, is this legitimate plans because I know they've had war games against Taiwan in the past, and look they've they've never invaded Taiwan. So now that why the shift now from from Taiwan to the Senkaku Islands? Or, or both. And I know there have been incidents where um, Chinese uh, – there was an incident where a Chinese naval vessel locked its, its uh, radar targeting system onto a, a Japanese warship. Yep. And that was – there was uh, obviously a big outcry uh, from Japan, and rightfully so, uh, on, on that. But it, it a war with China scares me. Well, it does. And, and I, I, you know, again, this isn't I, – I don't think that they would, if they would take us out – Handedly, but they have so many bodies. No, they, they have They have decent capability. They do, and they, they have. They have a look. They have a a, a huge population. Right. Um, I don't think they would ha- have a militarily. But uh, I think we have Tammy. I think we finally have Tammy. Tammy, <laughs> I, I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> Tammy, look, I'm sorry we had to get to that story first before we were able to bring you in. <laughs> Uh, but we appreciate you staying on hold for us uh, while we while we kind of talk business here because there was absolutely nothing wrong. Everything is going exactly according to plan. Uh, um, we have complete control over everything, and so we thank you for bearing with us and, and holding out while we force that breaking news in. 
Thank you very no much, problem. Jenny. You're a trooper, I'll tell you. I, it's like, okay, <laughs> if they really didn't want to talk to me, they could have told me I would not have been mad. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? You know, Tammy, and, and we were just literally having a, a tug of war like two puppies on a chew toy where Sean was saying, no, we have too much material. Let's dump Tammy. And I was like, are you out of your mind? We love Tammy. And we were going back and forth while you were on hold. I am not going to respond to this I just right want now. you to know the truth, and I have video to prove it. Um, I'm not even going to respond to this, Tammy, because you know better. I would hope I, you'd know better. I pay you I to do, know better. I do. It's fun, though. <laughs> Why and and poor Sako is all horse and everything. Well, you know, and he's trying to talk. I know. And, and we've been rough on him. You know, it's funny. His voice was fine when he came to work to get today. Um, but after we did the final touches on the studio and Clint and I held him for about two hours straight. It, it, this is, And he was yelling at all the chords that he had mixed up. So what did you guys do to your studio? Uh-huh. We ended up, we, we, we moved studios. So we're in a new studio now. Um, we're we're okay. actually in a government building because we figure that this is the last place they look for us. We're practically in the state capitol, um, which is awesome because they have no idea we're here. So we had to move everything. And in, in doing that, we upgraded a few things and changed some things around. And we, we thought we got most of the kinks out of it. Um, however... That didn't happen. Apparently, so, but, but the kink that allows you to talk to Tammy J wasn't fixed. Well, for whatever reason, we thought uh, uh, the the Skype we the way our setup is so we can get people in on Skype as well as on the phone is we had to jump a few things and it just it didn't quite go the way we had planned yeah. and uh, you know that's why Sako Sako's voice is like that is um, have you ever cried for a really long time, Sammy? <laughs> and. It, and when after a while yeah. your throat just gets hoarse from crying and just being upset, that's what we did to him, and I apologize for that. You guys are horrible. Now, <laughs> hey, Sako, dry your eyes. Dry your eyes. Back away from the microphone. Nobody can hear you anyways. It's all right, Sobbing Sally. Don't worry about it. Sobbing Sasha. He, he needs to call John Grant and have John Grant ro- walking through the Skype configuration. He, yeah, and, well, and Sako, dry, dry. it's okay for men to cry, Sako. <laughs> well, Tammy, it's one of those things that we had um, we had everything set up, and when we moved, we upgraded, and, and we just, uh, you know, you thought you worked out all the bugs, but not always. Uh, Clint's still here. Yep, that's the way it goes. That's okay. <laughs> You'll figure that, it out. That hurts. That, yeah, he can, he can fix that. Oh, I'm one-third owner with these other two guys. <laughs> they can't. You're Dang right. It. It'll just take a two-thirds vote, and right now Sako's mad at you. So, oh, hey, the reason we love Sako, you know, Tammy, the reason you grace us with your presence is you released part three today finally. on the Black Yeah, Year, finally. The oh my bodies, Um, in the wake of Hillary Clinton, and, and you know, we talked a little bit on uh, uh, Twitter earlier. If everyone hasn't checked it out, go to the Blacksphere.net. Um, it's right up there and read the first two sections first and then you get to the third we start rolling through and you know sadly the first couple Tammy I was like all right well unfortunately it's not shocking like it it didn't shock me there was no shock in all no it's it's just a a um, person that died and it's a little bit of a strange way they died but you know it's nothing that really grabs you right And, and you know it's I don't know if it was 
okay, well, this is just weird, or, okay, well, they knew the Clintons, and at this point it kind of makes sense that they died early. Um, But then... (laughs) Then then you you get to page seven. Yeah, then you get to page seven. And page seven, and that's funny that you brought it up because I actually had it here in my notes, Um, Kevin Ives and Don Henry. And yeah. I, I want you to tell this story yourself. People can read it. Please go to the website and read it. Um, and, and, you know, make sure you know how awesome Tammy is. But kind of <laughs> go into this a little bit for our listeners and, and see if you can explain it uh, and what importance this has and why this is a big one. Well, th- this is a really big one. Now, a, a couple pages prior to that, I have Barry Seal on there, and that's it. That's um, leads up to this because Barry Seal was somebody that th- there were reports that he worked for the CIA and did things for the government. Uh, he was known as a drug runner, and the drug running went in. It started in Louisiana, but then they um, changed it to an airport in Mena, Arkansas. And it was well known that drugs were being run in and out of there. Barry Seal supposedly ran billions of dollars of drugs in and out of the United States. We don't know what the the relationship was to drug cartels, but we do know that it was happening there in Mena, Arizona. And the allegations are that the Clintons knew far well that this was going on. So... Uh, you get to page seven, and there's Kevin Ives and Don Henry, and those names don't maybe sound like what people would think of as kids right away, but they were two nice, clean-cut teenagers. I believe they were 14 and 15. They went out for a night of deer hunting in a rural area of Saline County, Arkansas, and no big deal. In these rural areas, kids like that, and their dads, kids by themselves, they go out hunting at night all the time. There used to be no danger whatsoever. It was a very wholesome thing to be doing. And they did not come home the next morning. Their bodies were found run over by a Union Pacific train on train tracks. Um, thus it became known as the Boys on the Tracks case. And it became very, very famous. What's interesting is that the Arkansas State Medical Examiner, the ME, said that they had fallen asleep. They probably had been smoking pot and were in a deep slumber, and the train ran over them. Well, their mother didn't buy that. I don't think she believed that they they smoked pot or anything. And and the idea that they could fall asleep on train tracks, that just makes no sense. I don't care. You know, I've never tried smoking pot and then sleeping on train tracks, but it just sounds unbelievable. And so who can sleep through a Union Pacific train rumbling down the tracks? Yeah. I mean, that alone alone being on the tracks. I I don't care what you smoked. Yeah. Yeah, unless you've had an anesthesiologist attend you, I just don't think that's going to happen. And so this began to raise just a lot of questions with people, and a grand jury started investigating. They had the bodies exhumed, and then another autopsy said, no, wait a minute, Don Henry had been stabbed in the back and was dead when the train ran over him, and Kevin Eyes had been beaten with a rifle butt, and... The, the boys were most likely murdered in an area known as the drop zone for the drug smugglers. 
So they were murdered, yeah. left on the tracks. Yep. And, and uh, you know, Clinton brought in two pathologists to check out the Emmy's work, and, and they had the state crime lab, you know, uh, be there where the, the autopsies were being conducted. But when the grand jury wanted to subpoena those experts for testimony, Clinton refused it. And, uh, you know, there was a, a book that was written about the case, which is really interesting. I've only read some of it, but, but it was written by Mara Leverett, and everybody that read it said, oh, my goodness, this is like a John Grisham novel come to life. This is true facts. And she really investigated well and, and worked with um, Kevin Ives' mom. And uh, just, you know, very interesting book. Um, it, you know, the c- case became really, really well known and associated with the Clintons. And And I say, you know, the thing that really nags at me is, um, why did Clinton refuse to allow the records from the crime lab and and the ME, you know, in the posthumous um, exam? Why did he refuse to release those records? That's pretty crazy. And the, and then what's interesting is the the following pages after the boys on the track um, case were a couple people that knew the boys. One of them was uh, Keith Coney. He was a friend of the boys and supposedly was near when they were being attacked. He had told his mom, and, and so this came out in testimony. Um, he was killed. Uh, he was on his motorcycle, and there was a high-speed chase, and, and he ended up running into the back of a truck. And then uh, another fellow knew about what had happened and seemed to have some information, and, and he was talking around town that his life wasn't worth two cents and the night that he said that and the night that he had said goodbye to all his family members that night he was stabbed um, 113 times so um holy moly yeah so it's just and this is the kind of stuff that's in the clinton's past and some of it gets really close to them as we go through all these names of these bodies and some of them it it just gives you a bad feeling like, wait a minute, because you start seeing where, you know, Bill and Hillary were in the background of these different things and how they were connected. And I, I mean, this was, he was the governor of the state and Arkansas is not like New, being there in New York City or someplace. It's, it's a smaller, you know, a lot of rural population. People know what's going on. They know everybody's business. Everybody knew what was going on at MENA. And, uh, you know, and these poor boys were murdered and had parents that never got answers. So that's just kind of reminds me of Benghazi, as a matter of fact. Yeah, well, you know, like everything else, if it doesn't meet the agenda. uh, And, you know, part of the reason why that's important is you talk about Beale um, in that area. But the way those two are connected is there was a mechanic that was working on his car that found a yep. check that was somehow related to Bill Clinton, yep. um, you know, and that never went anywhere. But that mechanic ended up perishing as well. And, <laughs> so it seems uh, like anybody that knew anything is just gone. And and I have to tell you guys, I have, um, you know, I've received a lot of emails, and um, I've received emails from people that were in that area that knew people related to all these different deaths. And and one gal checks in on me every so often. You okay? 
nobody's coming to your door or checking on you or, or anything, are, are they? And she's worried about me. A couple other people that are law enforcement um, check in with me every so often to make sure I'm okay, which um, I'm fine. I figure, well, yeah, I'm packing heat and got a lot of friends that do and a lot of friends that are special forces, so <laughs> I feel pretty good. <laughs> Well, you know, and it's uh, I, I joked with you from the very beginning, um, on and off the air, as soon as you released your first article, is that, um, you, you know, we have to watch, um, we have to watch your back. You, you just have to watch your back because <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, 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 I'm, I hate to say it, but you know, you know as well as I do that there's probably somebody wants to know who Tammy J is right now in a uh, in a War room, so to speak. Yeah, I'm looking for a woman with a tiara and a flag. <laughs> <laughs> like my, well, which maybe it's a good thing I don't change that. <laughs> Throw them off yeah, the track. Please keep it the same way at all times. Um, and also, if I were you, I'd go around dressed. You know, I wear stilts under your clothes. Make yourself six foot three when you go out in public. Just mess it up the best way you can. Um, just hide, to, hide the blonde hair. For our listeners, if you haven't read these articles yet, you know I, I was. It was funny. I was talking to a, a Clinton supporter earlier today when you first put this out, and I said, oh. you know, well, I said, you know, I, I, my friend has an article, and uh, my uh, my my friend wrote an article about Clinton, and he just kind of rolled his eyes, and I said, well, let me give you a little history on it. And I started going through kind of piece by piece from the beginning. And at first yeah. I was like, you know, the first couple ones you're like, all right, well, you know, it's, it, everything comes in threes. I mean, that's you hear that all yeah. the time when celebrities. Yeah, and everybody are. knows someone Reasons that's had happen. some kind of weird death. <laughs> and then as time has progressed, you can't have that many people close to you and on certain specific uh, um, instances with you that all of a sudden start to perish at an alarming rate. And, and all within a short time period. I mean, I think and a overall, lot, a lot of them in strange ways. Like, how many airplanes really, really blow up and and, and you know well, I, explode I and then it, crash? Was there a, well? And then how many times does the uh, NTSB not release yeah. crash information? Yeah. Why do they not most, release records? Yeah. And yeah, you know, and, most of that and is. Is standard actually most of that is standard well, with their release. Entire reports of of space shuttle disasters yeah, you can find were online, released but these for Challenger and Columbia you that you can't find for a little private plane that went down. And, and as you yeah. say in your thing uh, in your uh, in your article, you know, you, you have to look at the totality. We talked about that earlier in the show, and this here too. You know, we're not saying that they're specifically connected, but at some point, if you're a friend of the Clintons. And maybe now you, you may not want to be a friend of the Clintons anymore. I mean, I, I can tell you, <laughs> you, you if may, I you may want to take a, a concealed around, yeah. I'd separate you may myself. want to take a concealed carry case, uh, wear some Kevlar vest, and uh, you know, watch your back at all times. Have somebody watching your six, right? Yeah, I would just move to a remote part of the country where I would hope that nobody <laughs> at all would find me. Hey, Tammy, we take a quick break. Will you stay with us when we get back? Sure, I will. All right. Here on the Sackheads Radio Show, we are simulcast on speaker 347-205-9399. We take a quick one, and Tammy's going to join us on the other side. Stick around. 
Take it out of stock. I don't know. Hey, if you care about what's going on in the world, you cannot afford to miss my show. Hi, this is Andrea Kay, your host of The Andrea Kay Show. It's not always about the money. Okay, it is always about the money. But it's also about politics, pop culture, and you. The only thing street about this show is the smarts. There's a reason they call me Dynamite and Address. And you'll find out why when you listen Tuesday mornings at 10 on Financial News and Talk. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion, or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hey folks, it's Sean from Sackheads Radio. As a native Bostonian, my heart broke on April 15, 2013, watching those horrendous attacks at the Boston Marathon. Now there's a way that you can help. Go to onefundboston.org, O-N-E-F-U-N-D-B-O-S-T-O-N.org, where you can donate to help the victims and families from this awful attack. Onefundboston.org, all the proceeds will go directly to the victims' family. Thank you very much from Sackheads Radio. Now back to Clinton Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. So we're back with Tammy J, and we're talking about the 47 bodies of Hillary Clinton and, uh, and her article on the blacksphere.net. And, you know, we're talking about um, – Tammy, you with us? Oh, BTR, you and I are going to have some serious, serious problems tonight. Tammy, I'm so sorry. If you're out there, please, please come back to us because this is just frustrating me. I hate, absolutely hate this. Uh, you can catch us live on Spreaker real soon, all the time. Then we'll BTR real soon here on Spreaker. Hang on. I got, I got something for BTR. That's <laughs> so, for BTR. It's... Uh... <laughs> We may need some new machines here pretty quickly. Yeah, well, no, BTR is going to need some new machines here really quickly. So her article is just incredible. And as you read through, and this is stuff, folks, that mainstream media won't even go near. And that's what's scary. 
okay, so you have two two kids or two guys run over by a train, right? And the cause of death me? was yeah. Hi, How are you? Hi. So I could hear you guys hi. the whole time. I don't know what you were doing. You know what? Sako made kind of a joke at the break, and he said, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna mess with Tammy and all of our listeners, and we're just and and really he was playing a joke on us for talking bad about him the whole time. So he says, I'm just gonna make you sound like complete buffoons by having it so Tammy could hear you and think she's responding, um, but you guys are just gonna think that everything's gone down." And so, well, now, Tammy, Tammy, you I don't like have that. to go to these extremes. Yeah. You don't need you to don't, wreck We'll shotgun. straighten them out. I understand. Um, <laughs> but that was well, well played, Sako. Well played. Hey, um, Sako, I accepted his Skype request, so I, I thought he was going to bring me on to Skype, but that didn't work. I think this is his way of getting even. You know, I think if he figures one of, one of the favorite guests, one of our favorite people who, who's been a great friend of our show – um, I also know that I, I'm pretty sure Rooster's been on hold in the galaxy for a while now, and I think he's messing with him too. I'm afraid if Ken calls in, that Sokka will hang up. Yeah, but you Sokka know, will hang up on Ken just because, just because Sokka's a racist. But that's just a whole other story. And, and maybe, Tammy, I think Sokka was messing with you because he hates women also. Um, so I apologize for – I apologize – he is, so, listen, he's a walking EEO. Sako, nobody, nobody can hear you right now. While my voice is nobody, nobody can hear you. Wow, I wow, can wow, hear wow. you, That's Sako. what you sound like right now. But she doesn't want to. <laughs> uh, you know what? And here's the funniest part. We've said this before, and I'll say this again. If anyone who knows Sako is killing themselves laughing right now because he is the sweetest human being on the face. And that, that's not, I'm not trying to make up. That is the God's honest truth. He is one of the most sweet human beings he on really the face is. of the planet. He really is. The and fact that he takes this from us is well beyond and, and what's And what's hilarious is when he tries to talk into the microphone, he tries to fit the whole thing in his mouth. I don't know how, who taught him to talk that way. He's still learning. The the He's still learning. But, yeah, we need a webcam in here because it's just poor Sako. He's like banging on his forehead. It's it's kind of embarrassing a little bit. So, so Tammy, we were talking about the article. And at one point, we were talking about the article. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to the article. Or if we're just going to okay. What, what I want to know is really what is so suspicious about two young men who know the area very well, who just happen to take a nap at the same time on a railroad track and get hit by a train. I mean, honestly. Yeah. What is so? I know a couple so people that smoke some. What's the big deal? Right. I've known a couple people who smoked some marijuana in their day. I don't know of anybody who has ever passed out that. But usually they wake up like hungry for a Twinkie. Yeah, not, but, but not, not on railroad tracks. Right, yeah. not a, and both of them laying down on the railroad tracks. Well, and we yeah, were talking at the break. Go ahead. All right, I'll go. We were talking at the break, and, and we were saying, you know, it's kind of like the movie, uh, they, they live in a small town. They know when that train comes through because I'm sure that whole town rumbles when that humongous Union Pacific train goes rolling through. And yeah. it is, it, it's a lot like my cousin Vinny when the train wakes him up when he's in the hotel on the first night. He said, hey, I yep. thought you said that train never comes through at 530 in the morning. And he says, it doesn't. It only comes through at 445. They know. <laughs> When they yeah. went up to hunt, they know that train's coming. They probably wait for that train to come and go so it doesn't freak out the deer. Like, I'm sure they take that 
into account. So the fact that they were found on the train tracks initially run over both together. That's speculation. It is absolutely insanity. Yeah, and and they're two boys that have been raised in the area hunting. Well, everybody I know that has been raised, I mean, these kids start hunting when they're, you know, I I have a friend that that was certified and and could carry a weapon at age five. A lot of these kids start when they're young. It's a way of life. They know they know the territory. They know how to hunt. They know how to deal with the guns. Um, you know, so I, I'm assuming that maybe some lefties are going to come in and say that we need to restrict trains because they're lethal. Well, we do, and clearly they're lethal, and that's the problem. And I thought that's what this article was really bringing awareness about. Did I miss the whole point? Yeah. We need to especially prohibit them in schoolyards. Absolutely. But what I'm curious about is why leave their bodies on a train track? And and you would think that uh, the velocity of a train would really do serious damage to a human body. Yep. But you have to take into consideration that perhaps, the, the depending on where it was on the track, the engineer would see something on the tracks begin to slow. I mean, it's going to take miles uh, potentially for a train to stop, But depending yeah. on the size of the train. But why not just disappear them? They were yeah, clearly I, overtaken. So, but why, why leave their yeah. bodies for anything to be found? Yeah, I, I this is just so bizarre to me and, and and I just can't imagine that any medical examiner I I just don't know medical examiners that would overlook something like the stabbing and and being, you know, the the fact that they were dead before the train hit them would have been pretty obvious. So there's nothing of it passes a smell test. It just doesn't from from beginning to end. And and everything that I've heard about these two boys, um, and and I I want to read the whole book. I've read parts of it, um, but what I've heard about these two boys was they were not partiers. They they were good kids. Their idea of fun was right. hunting deer for pity's sake. Yeah, and it, it, it's scary. And as you go further on down the list, it gets scarier and scarier. And then, especially when you get to Keith McCaskill, and to me, that's the one that kind of sums the death of those two boys up. Yep. Um, yeah. 113 stab wounds, which, as you and a bunch of people in our chat room have said tonight, that's no suicide or accident. He said ahead of time that he knew he was going to die. Um, uh, if this certain if Jim Steed loses the election, the guy running for the Salem County Sheriff, my life isn't worth two cents. And, and it'll be interesting to see how long Jim Steed lasted for. Um, yeah, but, you know, 113 times. That's either a crime of passion or a crime of total rage. Yeah, and it, 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 I'm thinking, well, okay, it's it's a message that's being sent. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that's. That's my thought. There, there was some rage there, but there also a message. Um, I, and I do know that a lot of people I've heard from. Uh, one source that I have in the area has asked if I ever get um, to Arkansas or Missouri because they'd like to talk to me in person. Their phone has been tapped off and on over the years, um, and they said they don't trust the mail because they've received a lot of mail that's already been opened. And because um, these people knew um, several people on this on this big list, and um, 
So and we know I, she likes to keep lists. That came out during the last election. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the, it's just very interesting. The things that I've heard of people that have, if they've even tried to go against them in any way or if they might know about this, suddenly they are having um, the IRS investigate them. Even way back then, this kind of stuff was going on. So there was pressure brought to bear, and and people learned to keep their mouth shut. So, yeah, I've I've heard from a lot of people that are still a little bit frightened because they they know things and and they have been threatened a bit. So it's quite interesting. Yeah, and it's going to see. I can't wait for the next portion of this. I really can't. I can't wait to see how you sum this up, um, because. Uh, like we've said before, you need to do a full-on book for this. This needs to get out there. Um, and obviously, I mean, you know, uh, your Twitter, your Twitter followings, and all your friends. We're trying to push the message out as much as we can and share it as often as possible. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But this, this is just this is a story that cannot go away, and this is a story that cannot be ignored. You know, I I don't want to go over the top with making assumptions that she or he knew of this being done or somehow involved, but it's hard to look away from it and say that there's no way that these 47 people died that were all somehow related to them and they didn't know. I mean, it, to me, it's just really hard to swallow that down. Yeah, it's. it seems as though um, you, you would either have to believe that the Clinton them, Clintons themselves were dangerous people to be around or that the people that they employed were dangerous people to be around. I, I mean, either either scenario is not good. So, well, and I hate to say it, you look at the mob, yeah. and the mob boss very rarely goes out and pulls the trigger. No, no, they but they but they have people working for them, their lieutenants and so forth, that know what needs to be done, and they get it done, and that's all the head guy cares about. Um, Hillary, to my mind. And I've told a number of people this, that I believe that she and Bill have pretty much, their marriage is, is less a marriage and more a power pact. She is known by everybody. Every book I've ever read, the, the fellow that was a Secret Service guy, um, Gary, what's his name, in the White House, wrote about her. I read that book, and I was just amazed the the egregious language she used on her Secret Service detail. There they are ready to take a bullet for her, and she's telling them to get the F out of her way. And and that was just on an average day. That wasn't even the bad stuff she said to them. But she is known as a real witch and vindictive and extremely intelligent. Bill is known as being smart enough, but he's got the charm offensive. On his own, he wouldn't get that far because he's a womanizer and he's you know got his charm going on and he likes to party and have a good time. Um, Hillary could not get that far on her own because she doesn't have any charm in her. In her, so right. she, it's almost like a match be, made in hell. Yes, exactly. So between the two of them, she's got the brains and the plotting and the vindictiveness and the drive, and he's got the charm and the schmoozing and all that going on, and they get ahead and they get the power. Um, there's no other way to explain somebody that would let a husband behave the way he behaved or that, you know, he'd take what she dishes out, which is just a lot of vitriol all the time to staff, spouse, everybody. Well, and, and 
like I said, the, the more that comes out about this, I think the better off people, and, and the people have to know at the end of the day. Uh, the people have to know. Hey, Tammy, while we have you on the line, we have some good news because um, yes. I don't know if you follow uh, the Ninth Circuit Court at all in California. I did. Um, I did. I, I love the Peruto uh, v. San Diego decision, and you know what? What? I had Stephen P. Halbrook. He was my guest last Tuesday on my show, uh-huh. and he is the Second Amendment authority in the nation right now. He's written the Founders' Second Amendment, Origins of the Rights to Bear Arms, and Gun Control in the Third Reich. I interviewed him last Tuesday. I also interviewed him a week ago Wednesday um, when I uh, was subbing on the Bill Post radio show. And in the Peruta v. San Diego case where they found for the plaintiff and saying mm-hmm. that uh, the San Diego carry law – to get your license was too restrictive when you had to show cause that you were under threat or something. Um, he was one of the scholars cited. So I emailed him and I said, hey, I just got home in time to hear about this decision and, and that you were one of the experts and scholars that they cited to win the case. So that was pretty exciting for me. Yeah, I could see why that would be exciting. Absolutely. And I want to know when, because now this is decided as a a Second Amendment issue and uh, the Ninth Circuit has ruled on this, and I know there's conflicting case law, so it will go to the Supreme Court most likely. But when that happens, I wonder if there will be forced reciprocity between the states. Because if, if, if one state allows a concealed carry, and clearly it's a violation of the Second Amendment to have to have show, uh, you know, good cause or whatever. Yeah. California has a lot of different – each jurisdiction was allowed to kind of make their own rules for issuance, and the law uh-huh. showed, um, showed that just cause had to, be, had to be shown. Well, if that's yeah. shot down, which it has been in the Ninth Circuit as, as mm-hmm. a Second Amendment violation, which, first of all, the Ninth Circuit, for, for those of you uh, maybe on the East very Coast who liberal. don't know, it's very liberal. It's the most overturned court in the nation. Um, yeah. But – but on this one, they, they got it right and actually read their 114-page, whatever it was, um, decision, and they used actually some very sound logic and historical well, perspective as well, well, which I was shocked at. Two of the judges. Um, okay, so there was a, uh, a George Three judge panel. Uh, yeah, there was a um, – was it Herbert Walker Bush um, appointee? Uh, Reagan appointee, and then the dissent, it was two to one. The dissent was a Clinton appointee. So that's the yes. way it ruled. It was very interesting. But still, the fact that the court was even able to come up yes. with a panel to be able to reach yeah. this decision was shocking because they usually yeah. don't. The pa- panels are usually – they don't fall that way. In, in yeah, the and then they have to go but to on bonk. And... Right. But I'm wondering if the, ninth, if, if, if the Supreme Court um, affirms this, which I believe they will, based upon yeah. the Heller decision and so forth, then, then are all of the states going to have to have reciprocity? And – does the Tenth Amendment prohibit a state, or, or does, the, does the Tenth Amendment provide the state the ability to issue permits when, in fact, it is a Second Amendment um, right as being recognized by the courts? The, the, the Tenth Amendment guarantees the state's right only to do things not prohibited uh, by the Constitution or, or allowed or, or specifically allowed. But in this case, if the Second Amendment applies to all individuals on a national level, how can any state issue a permit because it is a federal well it it is a federal right i've always had the belief that when it comes to state issuing um i've always had the belief that it was strictly financial 
and being able to track guns. Well, of course it is. But my That's question what is, I think the US, right? If the Supreme Court finds though that hey, right, yeah, no, it is I unconstitutional, right. does that mean that all now are will the states yeah. lose their ability to permit, yep. or will they keep the ability to permit based upon the need for background checks and so forth, which I'm okay with, but. Will it be forced reciprocity? Will all states? Yeah. Well, it will. Or will yeah. there be a federal uh, a federal permit? Well, I don't even think it'll be reciprocity at that point. I think it'll 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 be it'd be reciprocity, right? Each state has has to allow well, recognize another it, state. But if it's on a federal level, and, and the federal government says you can't issue permits, then it's not necessarily reciprocity. It right. just is the federal law of the land, the, then which cannot be restricted. Then we'd be getting close to what would be a constitutional carry as opposed to a shall issue, may issue, or restriction. Absolutely um, correct. And, and correct. I have a lot of friends that believe in constitutional carry, and I won't ever name them, <laughs> but some of them in Oregon, some of them in other states, and they say there is no way anybody's going to take away my Second Amendment rights. I don't care what they say. And so uh, I'm telling you, if if the gun grabbers tried pushing people too much, because I know a lot of people like that, and they are good law-abiding citizens. And the interesting thing is um, that in the beginning, when this was when the Bill of Rights was added to the Constitution, all the states that were talking in uh, um, as they were signing this. They, their thought was that everybody should have the right to carry a gun unless there had been crimes committed by the individual. So if, mm-hmm. if they knew that an individual had committed crimes, they weren't allowed to carry uh, arms. Everybody else, it was expected that they would all be allowed, and it had nothing to do with permits or fees or anything like that. The only thing that curtailed it was if somebody was a known criminal. And and that was the person that nobody was going to sell a gun to or that wasn't supposed to carry a gun. And and now we've got to this point where, you know, people have to go through all kinds of hoops to get a gun, which, you know, I don't mind the training and things like that, but um, it's gone too far, I think. Well, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people would seek that training if they had no knowledge anyhow because usually legal firearm owners and people that want to own guns – have a tendency to want to do it the right way, front to back. Yeah. So most most Isn't people are, most people are most yeah. people are responsible, law-abiding citizens in all aspects of their life. So why would owning a gun be, change any, be any different? It wouldn't change yeah. any of that. Now here's here's an interesting argument and one that would spark some real debate is so what? Now we we know that um, people who have uh, mental disabilities and and physical disabilities, but let's talk about mental disabilities. Uh, they have certain rights. ACLU says it all the time, right? They have rights. They have rights. So <laughs> why would somebody who is not maybe has some mental illness or defect or maybe not a danger to themselves or anybody else, why would they be precluded from owning a firearm just based upon a mental uh, illness or a mental diagnosis? Well, because you can show just cause that they're danger to themselves. Just cause right. Just cause cannot be Ninth Circuit just ruled, right? You can't use just cause. No, no, cause. no. But you can show that do, that's, you can line it up with the same. Does the Fourth crime. Amendment apply to them? Absolutely it does. Does the First Amendment apply to them? Absolutely Then why would the Second not apply to them? Well, because... And that's, that's my point, and that's the, I'm not saying one way or another, but I'm saying it's an interesting argument to have. Oh, if I the know. the Fourth it, Amendment it applies had. to people with mental, uh, mental disabilities, well, the not First if Amendment applies competent. to... Well, we're talking about mental disability, right, or mental, where they need mental treatment, let's say bipolar or something, well, which would prohibit yeah. somebody on that medication from owning a firearm in, in some states. So let's say that now that person, why, why do they not have a right 
to to exercise their Second Amendment. They can exercise their First Amendment. Well, as we talked, but that that curtails. This would almost force the federal government to actually take a serious approach to mental health, and we've talked about this in the past. Yes, we have. And I think that this would be something. If this gets affirmed and it starts to go the way that we've just talked about, then now. If somebody brings up that argument, it will almost force the hand of the feds to turn around and say, all right, now we can recognize that mental health is a problem and not legal gun owners. Why don't we deal with mental health now? Because that needs to be done. But how do you deal with that and the gun issue? So how do you deal with mental health if, 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 if the other amendments apply to them? Mm-hmm. Why would the Second Amendment not apply to them? And now you would have to have some sort of constitutional amendment, maybe, or – you have to have some form of legislation which can hold constitutional muster to say, hey, if right. you're a felon or mentally incapable, blah, 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 if you're in an institution or something of that nature. And it's nature, going to be tough right? because you now have to define what's mentally incapable. Right. You know, would just, and you know they will put a blanket on that. Yes. Oh, if you've ever talked to your doctor about depression, and they'll know what you've talked to your doctor about because they have the rights through Obamacare. Yeah. Um, if you've yeah. ever had a bad day, if you've ever taken But they'll have to force it, but until then – how do you prohibit the nonviolent ones from owning a firearm? They have no history of violence. They have no criminality. Their only quote-unquote crime is that they have some, some form of, of uh, mental disease or mental But even now, but but even other, now we don't other, know that. Other amendments, other amendments apply to but them. But even Why now we don't know, though. Right. So they could walk in right now. If they're in Arizona or a, a, issue that, or a state that has zero CCW requirement other than the felon, then how do they deal with that there? Because it could happen any time. It could. You know what I mean? But that start, like I said, that starts to fall on the people that know these people speaking up. It's, you know, being intelligent and, and uh, you know. I think it sets the stage for an interesting argument. Oh, it sure as hell does. An interesting argument and one that I don't know that I necessarily want to have because <laughs> I can argue both sides of that issue straight faced, right? Well, I could easily be qualified, I'm sure, in the sense of some people. I would easily be qualified as somebody who may not be eligible, but there's no actual uh, um, rec- uh, there's no record anywhere. Saka, what did yeah. you just throw at me? Saka just oh, it's break it's break time. Yes, break time. Break time. I I can't I can't hear you, Saka. It's break. Hey, do we have a 900 number? I don't know about what's with that voice. Oh what, seriously, and you're nine, wearing and you're wearing a licorice thong and high heels. Nine seven six socks. I don't understand yes. this. All right, folks. What is three four seven two zero five nine three nine nine is that phone number? Socko, put the bubble Jerry, machine tell away. Everybody, where they can find you. Jamie, did you go away yeah. already? No, no, okay, I'm good. here. Oh yeah, you okay. went away. Tell everyone where they can find you, please. Where they can find me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm on uh, – you can find me on Twitter, at Tammy J, and it's T-A-M-I-J. You can find – my website is rightvoicemedia.com. I'm very proud of that site. I'm also the the editor-in-chief of theblacksphere.net, and I have a radio show, and I just – I love um, people to call into my show. It's Tuesday nights on the 405media.com at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Tammy J, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, tonight. Tammy, very much. Guys, I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Take care. Back okay, bye bye. bye. You're back. You're back at three. Your mom's back at three. <laughs> Nobody on that one?
I'm Lori, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arn on how the founders viewed God as the source of our equality and legal rights. America's founders knew, obviously, that human beings are not equal in terms of strength or beauty or in terms of intelligence, industry, or talents. They understood that because of such differences, differences in talents and things like that, some people will be wealthier than others. But human beings are equal, the founders believe, in their possession of natural rights, such as the rights to life, liberty, and property. Today, many Americans reject this equality of rights in order to pursue equality of condition through redistribution or spreading the wealth around to use a famous formulation. This is destructive of liberty as the founders understood it. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hey guys, it's Sean from Sackheads Radio. I know, I know I've said it before. Check out our friends at conservativeoutcry.net, but I really mean it. If you want interesting and exciting political commentary and analysis, that is the place to get it. Different, always spot on, always truthful, never pulling a punch. Conservativeoutcry.net. Tell Rooster to get Bulldog back on and that Sackheads Radio sent you. And also, coming soon, the Sackheads Radio Forum on conservativeoutcry.net. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. Hi, this is Sarah Marie Brenner. You know, we often talk on the Brenner Brief about the fact that there really needs to be an organization to help people at the local level who are interested in running for things like school boards, city council, and other local offices. Well, I think I finally have the solution for you, at least for you women out there. It's called Politigal Network, P-O-L-I-T-I-G-A-L Network.com. Their website's going to be launching mid-August, but they're already on Twitter at PolitiGalUSA. I encourage you to follow them and become a member. Their goal is to be the number one resource for conservative women. So if you love freedom, liberty, the United States of America, and politics, check out PolitiGalNetwork.com or Twitter at PolitiGalUSA. Now back to Clinton Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. Hey, we're back here on the Sackheads Radio Show. Three four. Hey, we're back at the Sackheads Radio Show. We're playing repeater. <laughs> three four seven two zero five. Three four seven two zero five nine 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 three nine nine. Anyhow, um, a, a decision came out today um, out in Nebraska that we were going to drink Pepsi. Hey. Stone Pipeline, oh. which, as we all know, is getting ready to go from Canada down to Texas to bring. Uh, um, with some amazing amount of gallons of oil a day. But Lancaster County, Nebraska judge Stephanie Stacy invalidated the government, uh, the governor's approval and the state's approval to allow it, saying that it would give TransCanada, who's the company that's developing it, eminent domain powers within the state. Um, Ooh. We yeah. are opposed to eminent domain. We are opposed to eminent domain. Um, uh, the brief hadn't been released uh, by the time we went, because I was trying to read the brief on it. Um, but I thought is that it was brief. Uh, it never is. <laughs> I always think that's the best hypocrisy in all of our justice system. <laughs> right. We release a brief. 
482 pages long. Right, that thing that's not page. brief. I wonder if they like know what the term brief even means. <laughs> Maybe, I, I don't. I want to see them release a brief and it's a pair of underwear. <laughs> that would no, be, it's really a brief. That would be a riot if Supreme Court did that one day. <laughs> if somebody oh, just had a brief, brief and it's just a pair of holy underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it was so to my ours. Hey, if you guys get a chance, thanks again to Tammy J for checking in with us tonight. Read her article on theblacksphere.net. That would be outstanding. Um, she's just an amazing person. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. The AG in Nebraska is going to appeal it, um, appeal the decision higher to the state Supreme Court. And it, it, it's that argument of, of imminent domain or not, you know. And, and it, the, the thing that's coming into question from everything I've read is whether it truly gives TransCanada imminent domain um, or, or if it's well, judge said it did. So why are you doubting? <laughs> Judges say a lot of things that aren't necessarily true. Oh yeah. <laughs> so story out of the FCC world. Yes, there is. Um, so this this uh, I found the story came up on uh, FoxNews.com. Um, it's FCC uh, basically has a plan that allows um, researchers into newsrooms. Oh, good. And the purpose is they want to, quote, identify and understand the critical information needs of the American public with special emphasis on vulnerable, disadvantaged populations. So what they're, what they're worried about is... is um, State media? Yeah. They, they, they want, they're worried about what news stories are being generated and how news stories are selected... Um, State media? I, I don't know. Look, one one of the commissioners, uh, Agent Pai, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and quite frankly, I don't give a shit, care if I am, but um, they wrote a Wall Street Journal um, ad uh, that and says it's going to allow researchers, again, to, quote, grill reporters, editors, and station owners about how they decide which stories to run. Well, that's good. Because why wouldn't you want a federal uh, member of the executive branch? This is the FCC. Oh, yeah. Why would you not want a, a federal member of the government asking the media organizations how they select their stories and grilling them? Gosh, if only we had a constitutional amendment that allows the press freedom to run whatever freaking stories they That's want. That's number one. Without... But yeah, but no, like, but I mean, like, like it ha- if it were written into the Constitution, like, as an amendment, number one. No, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> if we had something in law, something in like, like a Bill of Rights that allowed for us to to operate without any kind of federal or government restriction. <laughs> And if it were going to be, it should be a pretty important one, like something that should be thought of like right away, right? Like put it like at the head, that the right at the top of of something called the Bill of Rights. That's what I would do. <laughs> All of our listeners are educated, so they understand that we're being what completely I said. facetious right, right now. But people like liberals listening to this, some of you may be like, "Yeah, I totally agree. They should do that." Yeah. Or no, because you guys make the Clintons well, look horrible with your guests. So yeah, and I hate to say it, judging from what we've seen on media as of late or from mainstream media and, and how some branches of mainstream media just completely curtail everything to this administration, 
you know what's going to happen is they're only really going to be heavy into the ones that they disagree with. And, and it's funny, too. I'd like to see when this is going to be implemented. I'm sure it'll be well before the next set of elections, so some of the information going out about the elections are evenly keeled, quote-unquote. Well, let me hear you. According to the Fox News story, here's what um, Pi Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and I don't, I don't care. Here's what, here's what like he says. That. He says, again, according to the foxnews.com article, he says, quote, participation is voluntary. In theory, the FCC's queries may be hard for the broadcasters to ignore. They would be out of business without an FCC license. Well, and this brings you right up to the First Amendment. Should the FCC... Should it be required that the FCC um, uh, uh, gives a permit? Did you see that Twitter name of the person who retweeted us? Which which? Uh, it's oh, it's down there. It was anonymous pussy. <laughs> right there. You see it? I do see that. Um, First of all, that is the best Twitter name <laughs> ever. Well, in the world, <laughs> for so many different reasons. But. <laughs> I mean, should the FCC even have the right? I mean, should they exist? In, in my opinion, no. I want to get back to anonymous pussy. No, I, I'm I just having wanna... so many thoughts. So, what happens if you're like on a Twitter feed and that pops up on your phone, and like a girlfriend, wife, whatever sees that? Are you in trouble? That's just rude to have that as a Twitter name. Just so you know, that's like us having a Twitter name, anonymous dude you met at a bar, and having that pop up while your husband, boyfriend, or whatever is is watching anonymous your phone and your Twitter. Door. Right. I mean, that is just rude. Hey. Okay, I'm sorry. What were you saying? You know, it, it starts to bring up the question: Should the FTC exist? And, and you know, and they should to monitor names such as that to keep people from getting in trouble. We are not subjected, per se, to FCC rules. I mean, we're subjected to the NSA, but we're not on our current uh, domain because we're not terrestrial radio. We're not... Right, we're extraterrestrial radio. We're practically aliens. I can understand... But not of the criminal variety. The military controlling certain um, signal lengths so they can operate within them because that's all really the FCC was supposed to be for originally anyhow is to make sure that radio stations were operating between this frequency and that frequency, that him... That's their that. purpose, though, right? Right. But then they got into decency and all that stuff, and now they're going to be deciding what can, uh, what can be said and what not in our newsroom. And it, it's that growing government. If you look at, like, everything you know else in you know government... Going, you know what's going to happen? This is my prediction. You know what's going to happen? You're going, and this is why the FCC wanted control of the Internet. Because you'll have them come off the airwaves, mm-hmm. and they'll just go internet-based. Yeah. We are the wave of the future, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're listening to it right here. And there's a bunch of, you know, yeah, we're tuning our own horn a little bit. But when Fox a- News is under the umbrella of Sackhead's radio, <laughs> just know that you heard it here first. But there's a lot of new media, and this is why new media is starting to become a huge focus for the federal government. You heard Obama throwing uh, uh, slams out there and mainstream media constantly talks against bloggers, internet podcasters, um, those independent, if you will, media, those of us like the Exceptional Conservative Show, uh, um, Outcry Radio, Tammy Jackson, um, Reactionary Speak, 
uh, RFP with Kel and Tim. I could keep going on and on and Please on. Don't. But you, you have some amazing people out there here, Alt Call Radio, Red State Radio, um, all these different online that really – a lot of it's uh, uh, great stuff, and it gets kind of dumped in the headlines because, A, we're a threat to mainstream media and their money is what it comes to, and not just us, but, I mean, new media in general. It's taking their listenerships away. <coughs> Pardon. So it's taking money away from them. So they want to crush us as much as they can. The federal government doesn't like it because we're not over the FCC, and they can't control the Internet, so they can't control what comes out of our mouths and how it comes out of you our mouths. You know what? Mouths. I want to know how – how the Obama administration, this administration has a multifaceted attack being conducted against the constitutional liberties of the American way of life, of, of the way we live, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're, they have uh, an ongoing attack, uh, apparently, on, on the First Amendment, and they've had, they've had spats with, with the media before, mm-hmm. right? Um, they, with, they have um, power plays. And, and an attack going on against the Constitution based upon uh, executive overreach and how he's trying to just run through and circumvent Congress because he has his little, um, you know, his, his, his pen in his phone um, or whatever. You, you look at his, his little pen in his little phone. That's such a weak statement. It is. I have a pen and a phone. Yeah, me too, dude. Yeah. So? You know what? I have two phones. I have a work phone and a home phone. I have a Sharpie. I have a highlighter. <laughs> A couple pens. I have a number a me- two pencil. <laughs> and a mechanical pencil. I have a seven millimeter mechanical pencil. Oh, I have a point man. Five. I, who, can, who says that? <laughs> I have a pen and I also have a phone. Well, I have a keyboard and a teletype. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I have hieroglyphics <laughs> and a carrier pigeon. What is this, like a one upmanship? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pager and your wallet, Ken says. <laughs> I was wondering. I told you not to let Ken in here. Uh, he took my wallet. And he took my pager. <laughs> the fact that you still have a pager is boss, by the way. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. <laughs> well, I don't anymore. Ken took it. <laughs> What's ridiculous is that that's what he took. <laughs> <laughs> really, Ken, of everything you're going to take of mine, it's a pager. He ran out yelling. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He ran out screaming, bitching. You know what? I, I want to bring back pagers. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But you, I want to bring back right. parachute pants. The, the reach keeps going and, and going and going. And, and the FCC uh, is a, a horrible for freedom of fresh and free speech. You know, okay, you know what? Since you just said keeps going, that reach keeps going and going. Do you remember Elastic Man? Yes. Was he one of the fantastic? But we should do a, a, a character of Obama as Elastic Man, but like not Elastic Man because we want to be sued by Marvel, <laughs> but like stretching out and continuing to overreach everything. Socko, get on that. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's true. And, and he, as you see, and it's I, you know, it's him, Valerie Jarrett, the Democrats in general. You start looking at what they are extending into with the EPA changing state lines, putting state uh, state media monitors, if you will, in newsrooms, um, executive actions for everything, water tax. I, this administration is going out of control with this. It's stuff. been out of control. But it's this is almost in your face. 
Why is that not on the front page of every because newspaper? Because incrementally, the fact that they've been incrementally encroaching, 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 at a, at a, the progressive movement has incrementally encroached for the last 100-plus years. Right. And uh, anybody who wants to study this, study the Woodrow Wilson administration, uh, please. But now you have a specific administration that has encroached and encroached and is rapidly accelerating this trend because nobody says anything. And if anybody says anything, they're extremists. They're they're crazy. They're listen. It's well, it's for public safety. It's for your own. Good. I hate to say it, but we you know look better. At the last time a maniacal leader that was a control freak ostracized a certain certain group because he thought that would be the biggest threat to his power. And I forget. It, I think it happened like 1939 or somewhere. In somewhere Europe. right around there. Somewhere in Europe, right? Um, and. It, it, it comes back, but he but he was doing it for the the common good. He was doing it for the good of mankind, right? So, look, we already touched on on that earlier, but, but I'm I'm at a loss. Yeah, because nobody nobody has said anything, and 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 this it, is it's allowed. It's allowed, and and again, they they like to marginalize, right? Um, they they they're extremists. They're look at the Tea Party, look at what the Tea Party really believes, and you have groups within the Tea Party that don't agree. Right, you do, but look how the Tea Party is painted. And and really, this happened after the midterm elections of 2010, when what the progressives and the liberals really realized, oh my gosh, this could actually be a threat mm-hmm. to the way we do things in this country, and could start to kind of turn this ship around. You start seeing them labeled as, from conservatives, they start being labeled as extremists. That's where you get teabaggers. The president of the United States, teabagger, a very, a very um, offensive term mm-hmm. uh, because it, it references a, a scrotum being placed on somebody's uh, Roman helmet, right, face or mouth or whatever. And, and I'm not being gross, but that's what it's referencing. So you have the president of the United States saying teabaggers and waving teabags and, and this sort of thing. And start or any leader of any, it doesn't. Right. And start labeling this group as extremists. Because what was being tied, what, what did the word extremist mean at, up to the, at that terrorism. time? After 9-11, Muslim you had extremists meaning terrorists. Yep. So now after the midterm elections of 2010, you have this administration and subsequently the media start labeling the Tea Party groups as extremists. And now what do people hear? The general American public who's not paying attention, who is not politically active, who doesn't understand what the Tea Party movement is, who doesn't understand what progressivism is, who doesn't understand uh, natural law, who doesn't understand the, foundational, the, the founding principles of our country, they start hearing this mantra, extremists, extremists, extremists. And you have an association drawn to people who are dangerous to our way of life, i.e. terrorists. And you don't have people that understand what the movement is. Or what it represents. Because if you start talking to somebody, and I'm talking very intelligent people, right? You talk to them about uh, politics. And, hey, this is what I believe. I believe in limited government. I believe in individual liberty. Um, I believe in, in um, our constitutional principles. Wow, yeah, you're a conservative. At least you're not a Tea Partier. And then when you say, whoa, but let's look at what the Tea Party is. It, it kind of it opens their eyes, and again, these are people that are that are that are very intelligent people, you know. Right. Um, 
but there's just been this mantra that that has been um, kind of drowned over and over again about extremists, extremists, extremists. Now you have this negative connotation associated. You look at Tea Party rallies and the aftermath of the of those rallies and how clean the National Mall was when you had the Tea Party rally um, on the National Mall versus the Million Man March or versus the uh, the Occupy movement and the crimes that are committed there and the state of, of disrepair um, and the mess that they leave behind in the places well, that they that they I occupy, really think the Occupy right? movement is the best counter argument to the Tea Party. It is. And 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 when you're trying to it's prove Bizarro good, Tea Party. Good from bad. Right? It's like Bizarro Superman. Yeah, Bizarro exactly. Tea Party. It is the absolute antithesis of what That's the a tea big party. word. Thank you very much. You pretty much what the Tea Party that. is. And, and People, I mean, you had Pelosi. It's a grassroots movement. It's beautiful. These people are just young and free, and they're mad. You're the president defending them. All these left-wing leaders come out and defending them. Oh, this is great. This is democracy at its finest. We're not a democracy. Exactly. But even still, they're supporting and put them up. What about all the rapes and drug use? And wasn't it, wasn't it defecating on law enforcement vehicles? Well, and what about maybe th- trying to blow up the bridge in no, Cleveland that, and that stuff like that? That wasn't happening. The, oh, those were not then the bad, right? Then those they, were people who were frustrated. Those were the anarchists. Those and then all people, of a sudden they started no, no, to become no. the anarchists. No, those are people who are frustrated <laughs> with the one percent. Right. They will do whatever they can. Tea Party is a group of people uh, that have a. a, a small government mentality, um, individual liberty, stay the hell out of my home, fiscally responsive. Their, their symbol is the Gadsden flag. It's a symbol from the revolution. Don't tread on me. The 13 colonies, individual liberties, that's, that's the symbol. It's right. not we hate government. Right. It's, it's, just, it's we hate the British. Right. We and are we in charge of anymore. government, not you. It's right. not the other way around. Exactly. It, so the, the Tea Party loves the American system, the American ideal, the, the, the true American public. ideal. Right. It's not an anti-government movement. So, uh, look, I challenge um, liberals, Democrats, even conservatives who maybe think the Tea Party is too extreme. I challenge you to take a look at um, the Tea Party principles and what they believe. And I don't expect you to believe. I don't expect you to agree with, with everything of anybody Republicans, Democrats, Tea Party. I don't. I expect you to, to be an independent thinker, right? Right. I expect you to excel at at critical thinking because that's what's going to save this country. But I I, I challenge you to to um, look at what the Tea Party really stands for, and and stop listening to third party um, writings about it. Go to the source, uh, which is something that's kind of been a theme here of ours for the last year and a half or so uh, since we since we started, and and. See how much of it you truly agree with and truly disagree with, and then why you either agree or disagree. And I bet you would be surprised at how much you actually agree with. Well, and and like you said, you had a friend that you had this conversation with not too long ago. Right. And as it turned out, they they were more aligned with conservatives. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, they're they're a Tea Party member. They just don't know it, um, and it's going to be known to them very quickly. No, but 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 you know, we 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 meet people and we have inte- they're intelligent people. We have intelligent conversations, and uh, yeah, you're right. There's there's a, a friend of mine that I've had uh, I've had this this conversation with, uh, and and uh, it, it's again very very educated. 
a very smart person, and, and uh, we have good conversations. Uh, but I, it's something that has been in my mind uh, lately, and, and I, you and I have talked about this before also. Um, yeah. You're typing me a note right now. Isn't that amazing? And it's like It looks like a Post-it note, <laughs> but it's on a computer screen. And you're giving me a high sign. And look, it. let's just do hand signals. Tell me to steal third. <laughs> steal third, my friend. Okay, let's, you nailed it. So he, why don't we do this? Can You think we could squeeze an extra 10 after we'll take we'll play let's our, take our a break. Let's, let's go through. You want to just go straight through? Yeah. All right, because we have two. People let's, love let's, us. We have two friends of ours that we haven't talked to in a really long time. And I, I want to talk to them real quick. Okay. And, and uh, you know what? We're going to say, if. For the folks listening, if you're listening online and the show is going to end, we're going to do OT, so you can jump on 347-205-9399 and keep listening. We're, only, we're not going to be too much longer, but we have two good friends that we want to say hi to that we haven't had a chance to for a while. So coming up first. Without further ado. And I know I'm going to get crap for this as soon as Ken gets on the air, but. Red, white, and blue. That's a joke, son. A flag waver. And the reason I took Rooster first is that because Ken's black. No, no I, I knew it was coming. I knew Rooster was on hold That's first. what you just told me. <laughs> you wrote it down on the post-it note I just talked about. <laughs> I'm screenshotting and tweeting that as we speak. Go for it. Cause you just, oh, real good. You typed a new one. <laughs> hey, Rooster, how are you, buddy? My handler says that I'm only allowed to exchange pleasantries with you. <laughs> Good evening, Rooster. But, but, Rooster, but what do you think of that U.S. Russia hockey match? doesn't like the FCC. Why? So I, I sent him back. Although I, I do have his communication device, and he's no longer wearing pants, and his Glock has been unloaded. What? Did you say Glock, G-L? Or, or was yes. that a C did that start with? Okay, I didn't know because it's Rooster. I had to ask. He's not yes, wearing pants and his Glock is unloaded. And, and what would you and think he's branded? Said. He's been branded. Hey, Rooster, I, I didn't want to go tonight without being able to at least just pop in and say hi with you and check you out and see how you're doing, my friend, because we haven't talked. I know the boy had a great uh, uh, hockey game last week, and yeah, you just, were proud just, to uh, on Twitter. I sent you a picture on Twitter. Did you get it? I haven't opened it up yet. I saw it. I just haven't opened it. Um, oh, it's, it's a beautiful pick. It, it, it is. Going, it must be great. They're going to the state semifinals. I don't know if I told you that or not. Wow. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been uh, 15 years for this high school, it, and it happens when wow. the two freshmen come on board. So I'm not <laughs> saying anything, but You're not saying it is him, but you're certainly not saying it's not. Right. <laughs> exactly. What What do you got coming up Saturday night? Uh, I don't know yet. It just I love that me. about you. <laughs> Actually, you know, every week we we've been talking about uh, conservative messaging and yes. and the problems that I have with with not necessarily the message, but how they present it to the people. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. we're going to carry on with that. I don't know if you caught I, the last I, show or not, but I did. I, I think that's a great topic. And, and you actually did a great job last show. I think and we talked about it a little bit tonight, actually, if you just a few minutes ago about getting the tea party message out. When people actually hear the true message, they, they kind of relate closer to it. And they're like, Oh no, you know what? That is what I believe in. 
but what about all this crap that the mainstream media is throwing at us? Well, that's BS. But I agree that the conservatives as a whole do a horrible job of PR and getting their true message out. And they end up getting caught up in the quagmire of social issues and that one wrong statement that they try to walk back a million times and look stupid instead Mm -hmm. of sticking with where their power is and sticking with the honesty. And you know what? When you make a mistake, you own it. It's not a big deal. But they make yeah, it I a think, big deal, and that's that's their biggest fault, I think, is their PR. You just did my whole show in, in two minutes. But actually, <laughs> I opened the show, and, I, and I'll, I'll say this to Clint, and you guys can go on, go on to Ken. I opened the show with, with a, a statement to Tea Party members. And if you are a member of the Tea Party that claimed to be a Ronald Reagan conservative, the, the vitriol that we have, in government now, and not not only on the left but on the right as well, Ronald Reagan would not approve. Oh no, no, not at all, not at all. Ronald Reagan never never did any of the things that that you hear today, and it's and it's worse today than it's ever been. Hell, he had you know he he was good friends with Tip O'Neill. Mm-hmm. You don't and you well, don't have that anymore. Well, and one of the you know what I think one of the that that's a great point because one of the beautiful things about that is. You know, they had the ability to disagree politically and respect each other as men. And, and that's an excellent way to put it. Yeah, and, it, it and really still say, is. you know what? You, this doesn't make them a bad person per se. You know what? There's a mutual respect. Our goal is still to make the country better, one way or the other, and, and we're doing it from different sides of the field. But that doesn't mean that it's bad. And the reason you said field is because it was so long ago there were no aisles. <laughs> Um, everything was debated in an amphitheater, so it was literally from different sides of the field. For those of you that don't know history, but that, but that message, that message that has that has to get out, it has to get out to the the, the I call them the misinformed or the uninformed. It's yeah. it's the people that see someone like when when John Boehner came out last week and said, you know, we're not going to discuss immigration at all because we can't trust the president. You know, if if I'm one of the misinformed. All I hear is we're not going to do our job. Yes, I agree with what you said. I don't agree with what Boehner said. I agree with Boehner's message in the sense of what he – I believe that the, the middle of it or the main part of it was essentially he hasn't shown us any reason that he's willing to negotiate. Why should we even get into this argument? What I want to know is why we're violating sackhead policy and law and calling him Boehner instead of boner. My fault. My fault. I will be lashed for that. Okay. Okay, good. Well, so, what I want to uh, know is why he doesn't even vote and then has the gall to oh, stand up and talk about the president who, who, who votes well, president. I, I couldn't agree with you more about that. I think boner is just that, a boner. Um, and he's horrible, and he shouldn't be there. But as his speech went last week, as the speaker... I felt that he, if you were an informed voter, if you paid attention, if you were up and knew what was going on, you would understand what the actual message was there. However, like you said, in the world of sound bites and quick, uh, uh, quick thinking or, or drive-by media, whatever you want to call it, it's a horrible Crap. message. Hey, Rooster, real quick, because I know we've got to get going to Ken, but what, what did, you, did you happen to catch the U.S.-Russia uh, hockey match? Uh, it was outstanding. Wasn't and it? how it awesome was... is it? How awesome is it that the head coach for Russia was a member of the 1980 Russia team? Uh, it just it, it it was icing on the cake. 
Yeah. It's I, what I, what I really would have wanted. That's a hockey thing. What I, I, what I really what wanted to see. <laughs> I wanted to see the, the, a picture of Putin at the end of that game, but they didn't do it. Well, because he, 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 well, he NBC loves them. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> he was in attendance. Well, and it's funny because there are a lot of people in Russia, a lot of Russian media saying that NBC paid off the refs so they got higher ratings, which I think is a riot. But Putin okay. actually released it. Yeah, I know. It makes no sense at all. And, and they were, the refs were technically correct because a goal does not count in international play right. if the net has been moved at all. It's correct. Dislodged. It, yeah. and, and, and the net did dislodge. So it was technically the correct call. Am well, I, am it, I, I'm not a big hockey well, guy, but am I right with that, Rooster? You are right with that, but what you need to see is who dislodged the net. <laughs> oh, is that, the goalie if, did. So if, yeah, so if the goalie, goalie dislodges the well, if the goalie yeah. dislodges the net, then it should have counted. If it was intentional, and you and now it becomes a dis, uh, uh, an opinion. If it's intentional, then it's a stopping and play. I mean, and he'll he could I think he can get a penalty in international, right? Yeah, it's a two minute penalty. Yeah, it's a two yeah, minute it, it, delay a game, and and, um, and I think that would have given them uh, an extra shoot, or they would have skipped. I forget how it's done in international, but the simple fact of the matter is, is at the end of the day. Um, it was a great game to watch. If you're a hockey fan, it was actually a. It was a great game to watch if you're not a hockey yeah, fan. Yeah, it was awesome. But even Putin came out afterwards and pretty much said something like, "It's a game of inches." You know, you're two really good teams. And then he made a vague statement, and I don't remember like the exact a threat. quote. You know, yeah, about how you know if you know next time things will be a little bit clearer. Or I disagree. With, he made a threat where if those referees went missing, I would not be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> now, does the U.S. play Russia again? No, well, they're Russia in the lost today. Russia yeah, Russia lost, lost today. today. Wow, so Russia's right, so done. Russia's completely done. The only way they could have made it was out of the losers bracket. The, they yeah. were expected to get gold, if I'm correct. Yeah, and right now, I, uh, yeah, I, no, yeah, they, it's they, they were one of the you favorites. Got, you got Sweden, you got Russia, you got Canada, you got the United States. Any they were expected to medal, though, were they not? Yeah, they yeah, were but, expected but to all, medal, all though, of right? those teams have a legitimate expectation to medal. They're all filled with uh, NHL players. Well, and the thing that's different now from the 80s, when it was the uh, USSR, they had that all those small uh, uh, countries that were part of that um, that they could pull their players from, whereas now they have a smaller branch. And then, you know, like if it was the USSR right now, they'd have Zidane Chara playing for them. They'd have a lot of other guys who went to their home countries to play and represent and uh, that's a big difference. Is their their pool well, is a the, lot smaller? I think I think the biggest difference between now and the '80s is in the '80s we didn't allow NHL players on our team. They, they were all college players, right? Playing against Oh players. yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, it, it was totally different, but it was great. I can't wait to see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see uh, who who's going to win. Um, you almost said Hooten. Hooten would have been great. Hooten's going to win. So with with hey, Russia Rooster. out, I think the United States will medal. I, yeah, I think they will. I don't know I, think, where. I, I, I fear Canada as, as an American hockey team fan. I fear. Canada. Oh, I fear Canada militarily, but that's <laughs> not good sport. Um, and, and Sweden, I'll tell you, Sweden's played like I've never seen Sweden play. They're so much more physical. I don't know if you remember four years ago, eight, you know, last couple of years, but they used to have that wide open Sweden style of hockey where they didn't really hit. It was all dump chase and speed, and they're much chippier this year. And I, I wonder if they can stand up with Canada as a result. Well, they've got Lundqvist in that. Anybody can stand yeah. up with with him yep, in that. Yep. So, yeah, they, they're anchored really well. 
Hey, Rooster from Outcry Radio, 11 o'clock on Saturday nights here on Blog Talk Radio. And check his blog out, conservativeoutcry.net. Rooster, thank you Rooster, so thank much, you, sir. sir. Hey, keep me on air so I can listen. You got it, buddy. Right. Thank you. It's always nice to catch up and have good – I don't get to have good hockey conversation a lot anymore uh, being on this coast because you don't know hockey. None of my friends out here know hockey. So I get excited a little bit when I can actually um, talk a little bit of hockey. But you know what else excites me? Baseball. Hey, boys, look what I got here. Hey, where are the white women at? Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time, I still laugh. Uh, my good friend Ken from the Exceptional Conservative Show. Sir, how are you? Well, I'm doing very well on the back of this bus. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, no, no need to put the windows down. The heat's just fine here at Atlanta. Hey, Ken, I apologize. And just so you know, I, 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 I asked uh, Sean to get you in first because we believe in affirmative action here. Um, but, you know, that white people, no. boy, I tell you. The man is trying to keep a brother down. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much what he said. And you know why, Ken? You know why? Because we're petrified. Why, Clint? Well, I'm sorry, no, why, Sean? Why? Because we're petrified. I'm just saying right now. Yeah, even when, when he, I picked up the when I picked up your call, Clint actually crossed to the other side of the sidewalk. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Listen, when when we picked up your call, um, Sean <laughs> stuffed his wallet back inside his pocket and held onto it. And I looked at him and I said, you know, he's on the phone. He's on the phone. And he said, yeah, but black people are tricky. <laughs> That's what he said to you, Ken. <laughs> you know, actually, I was, concerned, I was concerned that both of you all, when I wrote in the chat room about the pager and the wallet, actually stopped the show for a moment. I heard the brief break. Just to check. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody checked. Saco doesn't even know what a pager is, and he says, hey, I'm pretty sure mine's missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, who's that? <laughs> oh, so hey Ken. What what yes, do you sir. think so far um 2014 so far politics, strictly politics. Well, 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 Sean. Well, hockey what? question for Rooster, no hockey question for me. I was gonna get to Clint, figure skating Clint, with is you. That, was yes, that racist, yeah. Was that racially planned? Okay. Of course it was racially wait, wait, planned. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, hold on. Stop. No, no, no. You said I'm not gonna talk hockey hey, Ken. with Ken because black people don't Ken. know hockey. That's what you said at the break. Ken, I have it. Ken, I have it right here in my notes. I have Lolo Jones, bobsled Ken. <laughs> Oh, oh! There is a. There, I'm telling you, there is probably a uh, courthouse uh, in, in question regarding <laughs> DNA right now. That low little thing. Okay. <laughs> for the for the record, I now love bobsledding. All of a sudden, I <laughs> I was never a huge fan before, but now I love women's bobsledding. I, I think it's amazing. I watching them run down that track and it shows you the power. I, I just think it's such an amazingly competitive sport. I watch it on replay. 
over and over and over and over again. Is she not amazing? She is. She is you, know, you know, that's real. Oh, my God. That's a real good conversation to have with a liberal woman. Uh, and she doesn't understand exactly what you're saying. You understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, and she's like, <laughs> oh, he is so sensitive. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. What, um, now, goodness. I know you're a, life, you're a lifelong figure skater. What is um, the most impressive figure skating feat so far this year in the Olympics, Ken? Well, this is this is very personal. I have been working on this for a very long time period. Uh, listen, JJ and I, when we when we got to the rink, I just said JJ, and he said, "Who my jingles?" And I said, "JJ." Jingle. He said, "Jingles? Why don't you just tell me?" And so I said, "Okay, I must I must do the triple axel with the tackle kick." Uh, hey, so what I want to know is, because you know a lot about figure skating, I watched that documentary on figure skating, Blades of Glory. That that was a great movie. Have you have you attempted that? Did you attempt that move? Yeah. yeah? When you said, uh, all I could think about is uh, the Pee Wee Herman and the little theater. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> uh, it's Olympic coverage right here, folks, on the Southcast Radio Show. Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh you know I just checked it out, Ken. I, I think you and Clint need to do a bobsled. Like Al and um, Matt did on NBC, that two man luge thing. Right. I think nope. you two would be oh, perfect we have to for do, that. We have to do three men. We have to do three <laughs> men, and Bob Costas is the hey, lead. Hey, 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 hey! However, men you decide to do is up to you. Bob and Costas that's a completely different story. <laughs> but I think I think I think Ken, you and I could do a duos. Uh, skate much like Will Ferrell um, did in, in uh, Bill Hedder. That would be outstanding. Yeah, I'm so proud of you guys. We could be. totally do that. <laughs> hey, we can you know, in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard going down the slide. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you weren't wearing shorty shorts. Um, <laughs> I have slippy uh, uh, Those are not the best. Hey, I'm trying. I can't even get close to a serious topic anymore. Um, are we going to do that Panchenko twist? Yeah, the Panchenko twist. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love the fact that we're amusing us and annoying everybody else who's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Hey, and this somehow around the world someone's listening to this saying, Hey, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> right now across the world somebody is Googling uh ice skating documentary Blades of Glory. be careful about the one who's Googling T V Herman. Uh, the, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, search on. Put the popcorn down, guy. 
Yeah, it goes down. <laughs> Can we Sacco, talked about it earlier? Sako, I'm very proud of you. You putting up with these guys. You're doing a great job. Your immigration papers have moved up a little further on the pile. Okay, so keep it up. So much. I was looking for those. Hey, nobody can hear you, Sako. Sit back down. All right, I'm going back to my cave. We talked about it earlier, Ken. The Keystone Pipeline. When I come I home know. from a long day with Sackhead's radio. <laughs> <laughs> I like to dial me up some 9766 Sacco. <laughs> You want some Stocko tacos? You want some Stocko tacos? I try to call when Blades of Glory is on. <laughs> Who wants a body massage? Stocko. Massage your body. <laughs> this is Zachhead's radio. Shaft calling. It's Ken. He's been on for like 10 minutes. Oh, oh my gosh. Is it Ken? <laughs> You know, actually, it, it would, this this would be a great fundraiser for Hillary if it was a cankle massage. We could we could really raise money. Uh, anyone can massage her. That'd be perfect. <laughs> Rub them cankles, Bill. Move. Make her move. If you make Hillary move by massaging the cankles, you win five hundred dollars. <laughs> Oh, uh, are there I any tickets? I, oh, wouldn't, oh. I wouldn't do that myself. Uh, <laughs> no takers? Okay, no takers. Well, no, Sako's saying something. You just can't hear I'm it. My voice is gone. <laughs> Sako's on it. That would, I hate to say it, but don't we make Sako do? That would not be shocking to me if we if that was a real thing, if we wouldn't pull together the money just to go send Sako to do it and take pictures. I dare <laughs> Joe Fiber. <laughs> How much, Sako? How much? I hear she's a cougar. Hey, you, you, have to massage, you, have, you have to massage the cankles and suck the corn on her toes until oh! gravy. Oh! I'm just throwing it. Oh! Done! 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 <laughs> Done. Oh. That just ended it right there. We can't even go beyond that. Listen, it's poor Sako. Okay. Oh, I swear, I wasn't even thinking about Sarah. You look just like her. <laughs> uh, Ken, I honestly wanted to get your reaction to the Keystone Pipeline ruling. <laughs> well, what I find amazing is that uh, this administration would send its Secretary of State uh, out to speak on the most valuable moment uh, or concern for the nation, and that it's global warming. Uh, with that said, uh, California is droughted uh, and dry, uh, and most of America is under two feet of snow. So apparently global warming is a major concern for Americans, uh, and the right. sad thing is, you know, energy independence just isn't up there apparently. So, uh, you know, fire carry if we can. <laughs> well, I think that's funny too. It, it was amazing that uh, he had Kerry make that comment, and then he made that trip to Fresno 
to talk about how, you know, it's important. And, uh, and now all of a sudden this Keystone ruling, you know, I, I, I'm not a big believer in coincidence too many times, but do you think that, um, they're going to do everything they can, the administration, I mean, to find a reason to chop down uh, the Keystone oh, as much as they can? A Keystone has as much of an opportunity uh, as Al Sharpton going out with uh, Miss America. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine the look on all of our faces if all of a sudden Sharpton does step out with Miss America? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, actually, I would not be shocked if Al Sharpton would be the one holding on to the cankles for $2 million. That would take care of the IRS bill, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, seriously. He'd be all caught up and then some. Oh. Oh, Wait a minute. I... <laughs> oh, my goodness. I could have left behind all night. I really could. Left behind uh, with ankles. All right. We've got to end the show, but I, I wanted to get a chance to say hi. We haven't talked in a while, our friend. Uh, it, you know, exactly. you're just such a great friend of ours that I, I didn't want to go without saying hello and, and wishing you well. And, you know, you know, you always have a place with us like we do with you. So, um, you, exactly. you, Rooster. We'll see you at CPAC. <laughs> hey, you, hey, we wish. We, we hope You're so. You're not coming? Yeah. We're not invited. We're not. They kicked us out again. We talk too much crap about everybody. <laughs> I can't believe it. We, Listen, we everybody. JJ, yeah. JJ and I just had dinner with Boehner. He said he was going to make it happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was talking about getting a sack on his head. He wasn't talking about our show. Ba- Boner again? If yeah, Boner. We, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk to you off air about the CPAC details. How's that? <laughs> Good night, hey, Ken, love you. God bless. Hey, hey, Ken, can you hang on the line for us while we end the show? Sure. We'll talk to you off air. All right. We'll, we're <laughs> going to be back. The show's no, over. we're done. We're done. We're done. Play, play the, the music. next Wednesday night. No, play the music. 8 o'clock. Hold on. No, play the music. Check us out, Facebook.com slash Sackheads Radio at Twitter at Sackheads. We need an Instagram. www.sackheadsradio.com. We need an Instagram account. It goes on Twitter. It doesn't matter. But we need an Instagram account. No, we don't. I don't even know what Instagram is. For Sackhead Clint and Sackhead Sackhead. I am Sackhead Clint. This is Sackhead Sean. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you for our guests and our callers. We will see you next week. I will see you tomorrow. I like to eat tacos. (laughs) So, no anything? No, no ending theme at all? No, no, uh, good night, guys. Sorry about the voice. I can't hear you. Oh, my Taco? Taco? Every day. We're Taco. You're killing me. I see him trying to talk, but he's not saying it.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.